I think you know what I'm thinking. Let's see. These things are terrible for you. No shit. Wow, 13% of your saturated fat for the day. Oh, that's not bad. Right. No, I suppose not. Holy cow, this is a really strong bag. Uh, get! <laughs> I can't open it. Hold on. Just wait. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna. Oh! <laughs> oh, it's just smelling shrimp. I'm happy I can't. I wish no. there was video. <laughs> mm. Oh my god, all the air came out of that bag and I it heard just it. wafted right into my face. <laughs> oh, that was bad. I'm glad that yeah, was bad. <laughs> Ew, dude. Let me let me get a whiff of oh, these. Oh, smell it. Uh, smell it. Smell it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I really almost threw up right there. Good. Don't smell it again. Oops. Smell it again. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it smells terrible. It All smells right. Like oh my god, it smells like brine shrimp. Well, well, you don't want. You don't want anything. Dude. This is this is oishi prawn crackers. Oh god. This prawn. It's a prawn. There's even a really cute looking. Oh, shrimp I wonder why it there. smells like shit. It's those aliens from District Nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Cloverfield monsters. <laughs> Oh, dude, this, this whole room smells like asshole. It smells like your mom's <laughs> vagina. <laughs> Sorry, mother. <laughs>
Yeah? They're not crunchy. They're, yeah. they're... That, that'll actually try. Give me, give me one of these. Uh, enjoy them. Oh, God. It tastes like a fucking styrofoam peanut. It's, yeah, it's pretty like, styrofoam. It's 58% corn grits. Oh, corn, corn grits. Okay. It's weird. Like it flat. It's weird. Yeah, uh, try one, Kevin. Why? Well, won't just suck it. I'm just. Oh, Poland. Oh, it's Poland. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's like risky. Yeah, really odd. Really odd. It's a very cute tiger on the on the bag, though. He looks very happy. The he's texture wearing, is very strange. He's wearing a belt. It's like old rice cakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> old rice cakes. As if I fresh mean, ones are any good. Well, I was gonna say all rice cakes are old. So. Yeah. I like the rice cakes. They're good for coasters. Not for be. consumption. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, what's going on with you guys? Any, anything new? Anything new? Anything Anything exciting? How are you guys doing? Alive. I'm yeah. over bronchitis, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Nice. Yes, nailed it. My head is actually healed, finally. So me and my nephew thought that it would be a good idea to fight with sticks and pretend that they were lightsabers. Very big sticks. I, I can't imagine where you got that idea from. Well, I was a little drunk, so that probably didn't help matters I mean, much. We didn't do it for years with PVC. Oi! Is that the blood you eat, Jedi? <laughs> Who you call weed jackass? <laughs> Fucking airsoft fatty, man. Oh my god. Uh, did you recreate it shot for shot, including when you fell over? I No, I did not. Uh, it, um, I did say it's a war of attrition a couple times, though. That's awesome. Baba D. Flats. I did not say Baba <laughs> D. Flats. I didn't think to say that. I should have said Damn that. Damn it. Somebody yeah. squandered opportunity. I know. I know. So, but we um, we decided to see how hard we would have to swing the sticks in order to break them. And so we swung at... Oh, jeez. Fucking hell. Whoops. <laughs> Clean up on aisle one. Oh, fruit balls all over my carpet. Uh, Start stuffing them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll eat them. I'll eat them. Don't of course worry. you will. Put them back in the bag. Oh, no, they're just his hair and just, stuff. Yeah. No. Well, that's... that's the, I'll the, clean them up. I'll clean them up. Just, what, what do they call that? Just calm down. I'm telling a story here. All right, I'm calling sorry. a story. First of all, what kind of sticks are these? Like broom handles? No, they, or well, sticks like that we sticks found in, from the tree? Sticks from a tree that we found in the like a forest. They were just so, like so laying a on branch. the ground. Yeah, like a branch. Okay. And so we swung super hard, and the piece of mine broke off and went into my head. <laughs> and it was one of those where I was like, okay, I know it hurt, Ow. but I was like. <laughs> It didn't. It didn't bother me too much. And then I. How drunk were you? A That's couple, why. Couple, three, four drinks. <laughs> a Wait, three. three four. Wow, man, you guys are lightweights. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, but then I, uh, I, I put my hand up to my head, and, and I, and I put, and I took my hand away, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, there's blood. And so I was actually very calm because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know that the head is gonna bleed a lot more than anything else. So I just tried, and my good. <laughs> I hope this isn't Chris's. <laughs> oh, God, Andy, sorry. Go see if you can find any other clues. <laughs> I'll be examining this. <laughs> No, I was just more so concerned because my uh, my other niece and nephew were actually watching it, and I didn't want them to see all the blood, so I was just like, okay, guys, why don't you go over there? Like, go, go play over there. And uh, I tried to race to, to the bathroom um, just because, I mean, there was so much blood. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, now it is it has healed. Um, on, I think it was Thursday, the scab fell off in the shower. Neat. Yeah, no, it was great. 
it actually looked like a giant bug. It was disgusting because <laughs> there was like it was it was like a black scab, but then there was like hair t- stuck pieces of hair stuck to it, and it literally looked like a spider. I'm like, Neat. I'm gonna throw this away. So, but I'm all better now. Fascinating. Yeah. Kevin, how about you? Anything anything new and fascinating? I know Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 came out for the Switch this week. How, how, how was that journey? Uh, well, we'll just say I hate GameStop or UPS <laughs> because I pre-ordered the game on the website for GameStop. Or games, yeah, GameStop. GameSlop. Yeah, <laughs> that's game what I call it. And, so and I paid for day one shipping, so I'm like, all right, cool. I'll have it, like... By three or four in the afternoon, usually the day of release. I'm like, cool. That's I'll start playing as soon as it gets here. I check my email that morning to try to find out the delivery time because I usually say. And I get to a thing that says something. It's like it won't be here till the 22nd. Underneath it, it says something about exemption. And then I go into the the destination scans and see why they sent my copy to fucking New Jersey. When, sick. When have you? Snooky's been playing your game. When have you lived in New Jersey? It didn't. So according oh. to them, they sorted it wrong, so it got put into the wrong bin, ah. and it was sent out to New Jersey. But I don't know what dumb fucking illiterate bastard <laughs> can't tell the difference between WI and NJ and said these are the same and put them into the same bin. It's close enough. <laughs> Well, geographically yeah. speaking, it's cl- yeah, as close. I mean, one's known for cows, the other's known for being a shithole. So I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Jersey Shore, baby, <laughs> coming back. So that's been my excitement. Wow. So I just my decided. I said, I, I said, "Fuck it, I'll call corporate, get a refund on like the copy I ordered." And I just went and picked up a copy. There you go. And how is it? It's pretty fun so far. Yeah, I'm not too far into it, but it's been good. That's good. Maybe we'll have to have you and uh, you and Paul play it on the channel sometime soon. I'm not huge into that, but I'll watch it. I've loved, <laughs> I love the uh, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance series. Yeah, I um, I didn't get so much into X Men Legends one, but I loved X Men Legends two, and then Marvel Ultimate Alliance was actually the first one of that series that I actually played, and mm-hmm. I just loved it. And see, two was just fantastic. See, I preferred X Men Legends one and two over Ultimate Alliance. So, what was the difference between the two? Uh, to be honest, I think Ultimate Alliance is the better encapsulating thing, but X-Men Legends game field felt more focused. It's, yes, and that's exactly why I liked Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 versus 1 more, because <clears throat> I love the idea of the Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and it really brought everything from the Marvel... Even characters age. you wouldn't think of. Yeah, like it brought them all... Yeah, and, it brought them wow. all together. But the story was so... Uh, th- there was no no real story. It seemed like it was just so disjointed, and nothing really seemed to flow that well. And then they actually had for Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, they actually had like a, a story that they were going off of. Well, two was based off of Civil War, mm-hmm. but it was a very bastardized version it was, of it. It was Civil War. The first half of the game was Civil War, and then it was it turned to Secret War. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this one's basically their own. It's uh, what is it? Koei and Team Ninja. It's their own version of the Infinity Story. Oh, okay. it's a yeah, completely original story. Because this one is called the Black Order, right? Or something like yeah. about the Black Order. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's it's about. It's, it's just they're taking basically the concepts they liked from different like ass like different stories, and they wrote their own story. Mm. And okay. they got the full go ahead from Marvel, and obviously it's. 
very MCU like design focused because mm-hmm. that's you know Disney's it's big, big yeah. thing so right now so that's so, so who who made these games uh, like, uh, X Men Legends X Men Legends one and two was Ravensoft I don't know I think X Men Legends two was actually Activision really I think they were the publisher. Oh, maybe that's what know. it is. Because yeah, the public they were the publishers of both Marvel Ultimate Alliance one and two. But Activision's big enough to do their own stuff, though, aren't they? I think. Um, okay, Ravensoft had an exclusive deal with Activision, so that might. Mm, be... No, they did the Legends ones, right? Or yeah, is this I'm, I'm double checking it. Oh, that, that's more fun too, because Ravensoft was from Madison. Oh, are they really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Madison, Wisconsin. How cool. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. There's... Yeah, they did one and two. That's cool. So. Mm. But yeah, I, to, and there was another there was another aspect I kind of liked a little bit more of X-Men Legends 1 and 2 was more of the environment was destructible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like they're in, in X-Men Legends, like you'd go find a door that was locked and then you could take characters and go to like the side wall and just break through the walls to get to the, the stuff inside. Oh, that's cool. So like the entire environments, you could basically reduce them down to like a skeletal structure and then go on. And that's I mean, granted, there wasn't a hell of a whole hell of a lot for breaking stuff, but it was still kind of fun. <laughs> it was a nice touch. I just I remember Ultimate Alliance too, where you could pick up anything and throw it at guys. You yeah. could use them as weapons, and yeah, all the environments were like totally destructible. I mean, like the team attacks and stuff. From Ultimate Alliance were cool, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just, I, like I said, X Men Legends One and Two just felt like the more focused, like story type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then X Men Legends Two was you know Apocalypse, so that's one of my favorite villains. So. I, I like Apocalypse, and I, I mean I suppose that helped. They were only focusing on X Men in those games, whereas Ultimate Alliance has was been the is entire, the entire Marvel M's, universe, like the entire yeah. universe and all the different teams. And mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. cool, yeah. Well, that's neat. Well, good thing, yeah, good thing. <laughs> extremely. Good thing you've never played them, nor do you like honest, Marvel comics. You wouldn't. I think you would play through X Men Legends two at least because it plays like um, feels almost like playing a Gauntlet game. Okay, I was about to say I do actually have the Legends games. I think for the GameCube. GameCube. Mm-hmm. They so, made them for the GameCube, the yeah. Xbox, and the PS two. Yeah, I think I tried it once, and I just I didn't get super into that it. That was the other thing that I didn't like about Ultimate Alliance two. Uh, two I think it was like every system. Jesus, you dropped Christ. the ball over there. Okay. Every system got their own exclusive characters. Um, mm. Bonus characters, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was if you wanted this character, you had to buy it on this system, and then it was uh, like I think. And um, then they screwed up the whole Juggernaut DLC type thing. Oh, oh Paul, that's a that's a low blow for you. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, if we're talking about the game. We might as well no, talk about the shortcomings. It actually wasn't. Uh, it, it started off that way. And then um, it ended up working out in my favor. Didn't it really? Ultimately, yeah. So the uh, thing with... Ultimately? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, the thing with the Juggernaut is that... So GameStop, when they were taking pre-orders for Ultimate Alliance 2, um, they would give you a redemption code for uh, unlocking the Juggernaut. Right. Like, it was as Juggernaut and someone else, wasn't it? No, it was just Juggernaut. Oh. There may have been like a skin or something like that for another character, but it, it was it was mainly just for Juggernaut. Your favorite character. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite uh, comic book character of all time. And um, I ended up, uh, I ended up getting uh, like pre-ordering the game from Game Crazy of all yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why I did that, but 
Um, but anyways, I then ended up like a day or two beforehand, I actually ended up going to uh, to GameStop and I was saying like, can I still pre-order it for like the code? Do you guys still have the code? And they didn't have any of the any of the codes left. And so <clears throat> I went on to eBay to see if I could find like a code. And for some godforsaken reason, these codes were going for like a hundred to hundred and twenty-five dollars for the Juggernaut. Oh like God, and I'm like, I am not paying this for something that I like that's going to be in game that I can't. I don't have any other control of other than when I play this game. Right, right, right. So then I found an auction for the Juggernaut cardboard cutout <laughs> for Marvel yeah. Ultimate Alliance, and it was like sixty bucks. And I'm like, you know what? It's Juggernaut. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, it's tangible, <laughs> I can look at it, I can do whatever the heck I want when I'm not playing the game. Alright, I bought it, I ended up winning it for like 60 some odd bucks. And uh, I was like, well, I don't get Juggernaut in the game, but guess what? I'll just stand this cardboard cutout right next to my <laughs> TV while I'm playing, and guess what? Juggernaut's in the game. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> and then it wasn't <coughs> until maybe about... Six months to a year after the game no it had to have been closer after that that the game was released maybe six months later there was no it was four months because it was around December time um, December time well I know it's like winter winter yeah. season um, so what ended up happening was that they put uh, downloadable content on the PlayStation Network mm. and it involved like uh, one of the deals was getting Juggernaut for a dollar ninety nine, <laughs> and then getting some of like they they had some side quests and DLC stories that were I think like it was a set of like two or three different events and a couple characters for nine ninety nine. So okay, yeah. at the time I bought, they only had two different ones, and so I bought both of those and I bought Juggernaut for one ninety nine, and literally yeah. within three four months for some reason they pulled all of it from the PlayStation hmm. Network, and I'm wondering if it had something to do with. Um, with Activision lost the rights to the. I was just looking it up. Activision claimed it was a limited time offer only, so they they're the ones that pulled the plug on oh, it. Oh, seriously? A lot of, a lot okay. of them do that kind of shit. Interesting. Well, either way, I I bought I, I got the the Juggernauts uh, cardboard cutout for less than half of what the code was going for, and then when I did end up getting the code, I got it for a buck ninety nine. So hey. I won. <laughs> <laughs> I won in that scenario. Nice job, man. Fuck. Oh, that's right, because I remember you had a picture of him dressed up as Santa Claus. Yep, yep. Juggernaut. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jugger Claus. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, speaking of Activision, uh, I know we had a little confusion there. Publishers, developers. Um, I think that's what the focus of this episode will be. Publishers, developers, overrated, underrated, that kind of bullshit. Because on our channel, as we're we're playing these games for the for the NES. We're coming across a lot of games that are highly overrated for for what people seem to like tout these games at. That wasn't a very good sentence. Yeah, that really wasn't. <laughs> games that are just overrated, and and the more we're like delving into this collection, like we're realizing a lot of these developers just were not as good as maybe we thought growing up. Like Data East, for example, Double Dragon. Karnov, like all those, all those games. Like you, I think we played Double Dragon one, and uh, like we were talking about, and it's just it, it's really not a very good Didn't game. Didn't they do RoboCop as well? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, mm -hmm. it was RoboCop. I think where we started to talk about it a little yeah. bit, and 
Um, uh, Joe and Matt did it. I was like, David East yeah. is the one that basically got all the movie licenses, right? A lot of them? Uh, no. That Ocean. was like uh, Ocean. Did. Ocean. Ocean, okay. Mm-hmm. I think Acclaim had a couple here and there. And Acclaim, LJN did a lot of the movie licenses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, like, these, these companies that were really quote-unquote powerhouses on the NES that really their games now aren't that great. Because well, I know you like Double Dragon, and I know a lot of people like Double Dragon, but I don't know if I would say that I like it. You don't like it's, it? No, I... It's no lethal weapon. It's... No. <laughs> the game is okay, but it's got a lot of flaws. Mm-hmm. And Double Dragon 2 was a little bit better, but at the same time, that game had a lot of flaws. And Double Dragon 3, everybody knows that Double Dragon 3 is probably one of the worst games that was ever made for the Nintendo system. Oh, it's hard as hell. Um, but no, it's uh, another thing is like companies like Atlas are a beloved company, and, and people think that they can do no wrong. They've done uh, Demon Souls, and they did Dark Souls, and they've done all these wonderful games, and it's, it's this triple-A developer that is just one of the best in the business, and people often talk about uh, the Karate Kid being the worst game ever made for the Nintendo. Well, guess what? You have Atlas to thank for that. Mm-hmm. Bethesda, and no, yeah, the and people, way. yeah, and Bethesda with with the whole uh, Skyrim and Elder Scrolls, and everybody thinks that Bethesda is this great. Although, I don't know, with Fallout <laughs> seventy six, may maybe may uh, changing that way, but um, but again, they think, oh, you, you they can't do any wrong, mm-hmm. but yet. Terminator, which was an absolutely terrible oh, game, it was a total shit show. Was Bethesda? So it's yeah. like all these uh, uh, these companies that people are like, oh yeah, LJM's the worst. It's like no, they're not. They really aren't. They didn't develop anything. They yeah. just published. Bethesda was the maker, and uh, and Atlas were were developers. They were the ones who actually developed the games. Yeah, they just and weren't big enough to publish it. No, time. and back then there was no internet to really be able to find out who develop mm-hmm. these games so it's like we really had no idea until you know years later now as adults we can say like oh yeah friday the 13th uh, i was atlas yeah you know? like well, i don't even think on the title screen it doesn't say nope. anything about atlas atlas well, is nowhere some, in it some mm-hmm. of the games you can read the the copyright print that's that's underneath the title and i think and you can see some of the developers there but not every game did that and i wonder if it's a especially back then it was more of a the developers you're no one, but the publisher is the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it didn't matter how good or bad your team was. The game below It's like they were like, "This is my game. I don't care about the work you did. Yeah. My name's going on here." Yeah. And so I, I wonder if that's why a lot of the games, like you don't see that sort of stuff on the title screen. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Which is why, like, LJN is the most infamous. That that. Anytime anybody sees that LJN rainbow, they know they're in for a bad fucking time. And they always blame LJN for it. Which, at some point, or to some degree, I would kind of agree with. Because they had their own, I would assume, quality assurance. People to look at the game and be like, yep, this is it. No, they should have. You also got to remember, game testing wasn't to the same standards that it is now, yeah. back then. Wait a minute, Bethesda tests games? <laughs> yeah, that's why you spend sixty dollars on it. <laughs> that is so funny. Bethesda, for anyone who doesn't know, Bethesda is like the most 
but glitchy again, fucking they don't play test shit but then again the <laughs> scale of their games you can't really account for everything a player is going to do no so i do true. give them a little bit of leeway for stuff like that like who in their right mind picks up a pot and walks backwards into a wall to skip parts of a game the same people who in mario brothers figure to throw a turtle to make a coin happen or, as you get the coin glitches you in, the, the was game. It in oblivion where you can make stairs out of paintbrushes yeah where you just just drop them and you can stand on items yeah. oh really so yeah. you could make stairs to get all over walls and stuff like that by dropping <laughs> paintbrushes i mean yeah. who in their right mind actually thinks to do stuff like that so like their testers obviously don't think that way mm-hmm. so because like that takes a very special mindset to think of stuff like that speedrunners glitch, yeah, glitch runners and... speedrunners are one of the most like that's a mindset in and of itself is how can i shave off as much time as possible mm-hmm. so it's like i think they look for those tiny little exploits in how like how can I shave off that fraction of a second? Well, why don't I just build a fucking wall through these things that I can drop on the floor and stand on? Like, that's the kind of shit that you figure their playtesters would be. But you're right. Mm-hmm. And also, in this day and age, they, I suppose Bethesda can patch stuff. Yeah. Back in the day, there was no such thing. Once well, the cart yeah. came out, that was it. There are no updates to this game anymore. Mm, nope. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, cause, I mean, uh, what's the one game where you, the, you literally, the, beating the final boss is impossible. It's an RPG. Artanelico. There we go. For the PS2. There was a glitch in one of the moves. As soon as he does it, the game crashes. Like, it literally just brings you to... The game is literally impossible to beat without, oh. like, some form of a patch or so some, basically, some sort of ROM. To, or without, like, basically glitching your levels so to be stronger than him. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd have to beat him before he uses the move, which yeah. it's random. You know, you never know when he's going to use it. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where, how you, you can't fix that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, today's day and age, if that were a PS3, 4 title, sure, just they could release, just do an update. <clears throat> release a patch, yeah. Yeah. But that also brings into account the idea of, well, now these developers can bring out slipshod games and just be like, oh, we'll fix it later. You know what I mean? To meet our deadlines, well, here's a that's... sloppy game. Look at East 8, where their, lo- their localization or whatever was just horrible. That they actually went back and redid the entire I, like to be translation honest, and all that shit. To me, I played through most of the game with the original translation. I did too. I didn't. Notice I that. didn't notice, but then again, I also like early '90s and stuff like that when you know it wasn't easy to get anime or even like you know yeah really early '90s. Yeah. I watched shoddy VHS fan subbed anime that didn't have the greatest translation. Right. Or like, mm-hmm. uh, God, who was the company that did the original like? translations for like Dragon Ball Z and stuff like it was just atrocious but that's that's just you kind of get used to that sort of thing so you don't notice it right unless if you're a you like it's a very particular type of person that sort of shit you can just be like oh it's a little quirk of what they're doing right right well and what they've done now like I mean and this was granted years ago but I think it was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 when it came out so it's like people bought the, the physical disc and they put it in their system and before they could play it there was a there was something that needed to be downloaded in order to play it and the size of the file was like 50 some odd gigs and you're like <laughs> wait a minute back in the day that's it's like wait a minute that's not that's not a like that's not a, a simple patch that's like installing the rest of the game like <laughs> on your system like yeah because they didn't have time to finish it they 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 got out a shoddy product. They knew that they that they were under the gun, and so they said, "All right, we're just going to release this game, and we're going to do. We're going to put this stuff on there, but then it's going to be a patch so that 
the rest of the game goes on to the system, which then leads to issues where once those the networks are down and they remove those servers, guess what? Now you have a game that can't even be played anymore. Yeah, especially so. if you buy it later. Yeah, exactly. But then again, too, we live why in an you, age where... Now why would you gonna, buy that game later anyways? Yeah. I mean, why are we still buying NES games 30 years later? That is true. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there... That's where it gets into a weird thing, because there are certain games that will stand the test of being able to play. There are certain games from, like, every generation of console that people will always go back and look at and play. Final and then there are other games, yeah. usually sports titles... Who the fuck is ever going to go back and touch them? No. Especially well, niche sport titles like a skating game. Yeah. And this is this is kind of a tangent, but like sports games, I don't understand because they release a new one every year, mm -hmm. right? Which effectively makes the previous year, year obsolete. It's one of the How do I want to phrase this? It's the Call of Duty syndrome? Kind of in a weird way. It's it's like it's one of the Best, almost like not scam. Scam's not the right word. It's no. almost like Magic cards, like Magic the Gathering. How the more, like every time they release a new set, it makes pre some previous sets. Um, yeah, they're no longer. Yeah. They're no longer viable to use in like tournament settings and stuff like that. So you, it forces you to keep buying new yeah. things. You know, whereas. I mean, realistically, you could buy a game, like a sports game with this specific engine or whatever, and then they could just release updates to update I rosters. Was, I was about that. That. EA tried that, I think, with one of the basketball games. Mm -hmm. And it just was one of those things where I think they, they, they you were basically they were losing money or something like that. It was, just became a, because of licensing fees and all that stuff that they have to pay. It's just it's not a financially responsible way to go about it. I suppose that makes sense. I don't know. Sports games to me are a mystery because, yeah, who's who's going to go out there and look for FIFA 2006? You know what I mean? I don't know if that's an actual thing, but... <laughs> it probably is. But, I mean, yeah. is, is well, anyone PS, really... But, yeah. Other than some of, like, the mo like iconic sports games, like Tecmo Bowl, mm -hmm. you know, Super Tecmo Bowl. What was that one on, on the Genesis, that NHL 95 or whatever? Mutant League, the yeah. weird ones Mutant like that. Hockey, yeah. Was NFL Blitz? I know it was a super big NBA Jam, but those aren't those aren't. Kind the, the arcade of, it's, ones. It's more of an arcade mm -hmm. one. I suppose we're talking more those are of niche, like yeah, niche sports games, not 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 like actual, yeah. not the simulator ones. Yeah, like, not like yeah, a the arcade ones something. will always have a following, I think. But like the simulation ones, you basically have to be a sport fan to be into those ones. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like that, that's that's one genre I've never been into. But no, I, don't, I, I don't like sports to begin with. But. The only sports games I've ever gotten into, obviously, like the Tecmo Bowl games on the Nintendo. King Griffey Jr. Presents Major League Baseball was a pretty fun one uh, on the Super Nintendo. And then maybe some of the NBA Live games for the Super Nintendo, but once it hit uh, once it hit the PlayStation era, I really did not do sports games. No. it was di Once it went disc, like yeah. when they started releasing, like... Well, no, I suppose Madden came out even on, like, Genesis and stuff. No, it did. Yeah. Madden yeah. started in 93, I think, with uh, in the Genesis era. And they were releasing them once once a year, but I don't know. There was something about... It, and, and it really kind of came to a head when I saw... Um, what was it? MLB 2003 or something like that on the, on the Xbox. Um, 
where I saw somebody playing it, and it's like all these different buttons that you have to push, oh, and you have ridiculous. to and you have to aim your pitch, and you have to to decide like, okay, is it going to be fast or is it going to be slow? And it's got to be in a certain area on the, on the uh, in the batter's box, and where are you going to throw it to? And it's like all these different buttons. And I'm like, what happened to just like? Up holding, and X. <laughs> holding up and the throw button, and you'll throw it to second base. It's or, a fastball. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. yeah, up and X is a fastball. Down and X is a splitter, as or, or like a sinker. Like uh, I just I like I like it being simple. It got so convoluted. It got so convoluted that I'm just yeah, like but, I can't. I can't. But again, do this the people anymore. that those are geared to—that's the sort of stuff they want. They yeah. want the control of being able to do the like a like a sl- pro- actual oh, yeah. proper oh, sure. slider and stuff oh, sure. like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like we don't get it, but the people that buy those games. If they're they not that, that way, yeah. it's, they're going to be like, well, this is just boring. Why mm-hmm. would I play this? Yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah. that makes sense. It's, I suppose it's like the games we play, you know. But I, I, I digress. Anyway, yeah. publishers, developers, uh, let's talk about LJN, since they're the most infamous. So I know Paul is a staunch defender of LJN. So I am, but it's also because of the fact that I, I get very upset because it was the angry video game nerd who really was like he was the first one that kind of brought it to the attention that every LGN game is is crap and then he started making it like oh once you see that rainbow that means that it's going to be a bad game and then LJN started being associated with well LJN made all these terrible terrible games they didn't make a single game they did not have any developers on their team it was literally a toy company that said Video games are making a lot of money. We want to see that money too. We're going to buy licenses from movies and we'll make our own games and we'll sell the crap out of them because that seems to be the big thing. Well, they won't make their own. They'll contract out to have someone else. So then what they would do is they would subcontract out a developer to create a game and then they would slap their logo and and their, their private labeling on the game and then they put it out there and then... Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Perfect example. Terrible, terrible game. <laughs> LJN. Their rainbow is right in the upper left-hand corner. Oh, sure shit. Sure shit. It's right in the upper left-hand corner. You don't see any, uh, whoever the developer is, maybe on the back of it. I don't I don't know. Yeah, but, I was actually going to look and see if I can... But, um, but yeah, you, you may see it on the back, but... It's not anything, front and Anything that anybody is going to see is they're going to see oh, Who yeah, Framed Roger is, Rabbit, yeah. LJN. Actually, there is. Because there's a copyright and trademark for Walt Disney Company and Amblin Entertainment. Those are because that's, those that's, are movie. Things, that's though. the movie. That's the, yeah. Those aren't yeah. Those aren't the Amblin's movie as well. Yes, yeah, it is. Amblin that's that's uh, Steven Spielberg's company. Oh okay. Amblin yeah, Entertainment. Those developers. Yeah, no, those are not developers. Those are the only other uh, LGN Toys, Walt Which Disney. Yeah, they had and Toys. And then Nintendo. That's it. That's yeah. it. No. There's no other <clears throat> trademarks and stuff on the back of this, so they don't. And even I can tell, tell you right now that was not developed by LGN because they did not develop a single game. No. But it's, it, yeah, I agree. I remember watching the uh, Angry Video Game Nerd thing on it, and I can see where that bias comes from. Yeah. But then again, he's good at doing a lot of that kind of stigma. Well, but you got... He is, but... See, in his case, like, for him, I understand it. He is a a character. So he is, like, what he's doing is satire, and most people took it as literal. I understand that what he's doing is satire. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, people 
for yeah. some reason took and they'll it take to heart it literal. And yeah, that's and they'll take it literal. But then you know what? What's to stop him from just doing a, a, an episode saying, "Hey, LJN shouldn't get all this hate because they didn't develop their games. They didn't make their games. Well, they just yeah. literally licensed them." What are you laughing about? Because it's, it's entertainment, I suppose they. Rare. Rare developed it. Really? That's right. Yeah. Because Rare did <coughs> literally. I think Rare was one of the first third-party developers for the Nintendo Entertainment System in the United States, and they had their hands in everything. Yeah. All the game tech stuff that was done by Rare. Why does this say Capcom? Why does what say Capcom? It says Rare and one of. Oh, never mind. That was something else. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Rare. It was Rare. Okay. Which. I don't like Rare to begin with that much. Uh, Rare has done some good stuff, but yeah. they also they've they've struck out several they times. They gave as you well. your favorite thing ever. Yes, Taboo Streets One Twelve. Oh, that was yeah. <laughs> Golden Eye, Golden Eye Double Seven. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fucking legend. <laughs> I am Sorry, a legend. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, they contracted out everything, and it's mm -hmm. I almost. You know, greatness from small beginnings like Atlas, Bethesda, and well, Ocean and them aren't really around too much anymore, I don't think. But not, yeah, for the most part, they're not. But and I think uh, LJN, obviously, I think they went out of business in the '90s. They were actually purchased by uh, Acclaim Entertainment. Oh, and I'm, son of a bitch! Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that Acclaim is like they were out of business in the. Mid to late two thousands, I'm pretty sure. Let's Mid talk about a claim, shall we? Uh, <laughs> I despise a claim game. Really? They're terrible. What uh, what what games in particular really kind of make your like bring I, that that to a head? I don't remember. <laughs> I think I blocked it out of my memory. But I remember we played a specific game that was just cabbage, and it was a claim, kind of like your disdain for radical. Radical Entertainment. Yeah. They're terrible. Was it Excalibur 20, uh, 2049? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. It was something we played on the Nest that I feel like we, we talked about, but I... Damn it, I'd have to look up what, what Acclaim's actually done lately. But um, I know you hate Radical. They, it's because Radical... Is it Rocky and Bullwinkle? Yeah, didn't they do? Yeah, they did. They Radical and... and that's another reason why I am such a staunch uh, defender of LJN games is because all of this this hate that they take, and it takes away from the game companies that actually did like just absolute shit. Yeah, like, like Radical Entertainment. Actually, here let's let's. Uh, oh my god! Where Total where Recall. is? That's what it was. No, it wasn't Total Recall. No. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so Radical Radical Entertainment did The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle and Friends for yeah, the Nintendo. Yeah. It was absolutely god-awful terrible. They did The Terminator, which which actually was Radical and Bethesda together. So that's like, <laughs> it was it was a one-two punch there. Oh, shit, dude. Um, did a lot of fucking games. Yeah, Mario, Mario is missing for the Nintendo. Did you ever play that? That is hell. Isn't it? That is hell and that's in radical. high water. And that is radical entertainment as well. Ugh. Wayne's World for the Nintendo. Wait a minute. Acclaim might have just been a publisher. Yep. Yeah, because Acclaim okay. probably just did the same... They probably did the same stuff that LJN did. Yeah, They were literally just a publisher. They were not a developer. I'm looking at a lot of the games that they that that they did, 
it says the game's released by the publisher Acclaim. Tiger yeah. Heli, but that was Micronics. Yeah. Uh, 3D World Runner, that was Square. <coughs> Square. That was, me. yep, Square. Wizards and Warriors was Rare. Mm-hmm. Packin' Video. I don't remember that one. That's, that's Rambo. They did Night oh. Rider 2. Yeah. Iron Sword, Wizards and Warriors 2 was also Rare. Cybernoid was Gremlin Graphics. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Quirk, which was Atlas. That was on the Game Boy. Yeah, I see they did NARC. But, I mean, they... Holy shit, dude. They had quite a fucking... They published a lot of shit. They did. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. But, yeah, I mean, just on the Nintendo... And then Mario's Time Machine was also Radical Entertainment as well, too. Yep. So, I mean, they they did not make a solid video game for the Nintendo. And, and they really didn't have a solid game for the Super Nintendo or anything else after that, either. Um, Simpsons Hit and Run, they did in 2003, which was... Uh, was it for uh, GameCube, oh, PlayStation 2, and Xbox, yeah, yeah, which they yeah. then got uh, a cease and desist from, uh, <laughs> from uh, what was it, uh, Grand Theft Auto? Because they copied <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 3 to a T. Wait, oh, what yeah. game? A Simpsons, Simpsons Hit and Run. Oh. It was literally Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> but with Simpsons characters. But it was pretty, way more fun. Pretty much. It was more fun. I don't know if you played that one. I think I've watched videos on it, and it's hilarious. Yeah. It looks so bad. The last two games that they ever did, Radical Entertainment, Prototype and Prototype 2. Those games were fun. Really? I loved Were them. they? Yeah. <laughs> Those were actually good. What? So At I least know, they went out on a good note. Yeah, so I know <laughs> Prototype 1 was actually a pretty well-received game. Well, Prototype 2 was not two, well The biggest reason it wasn't well-received is because, like most fanboys, they wanted their character back when the game switched to another main character. I liked this. The guy I, to be honest, one. the guy in the second one had better motivations than Alex Mercer did in the first game. Kind of like uh, Infamous. I, I, I liked... Um, the kid was... from First Son or whatever? Yeah, I liked Not him better than Alex the other Cole guy. Cole or whatever it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I played First Light as well, and there I liked go. her a yeah. lot. But mm. it, those those games are... Yeah. Like I said, the Prototype <laughs> games were fun because they were just like the epitome of just being a badass going around. Oh, you felt like a stud. Yeah, because you, like, you were super powered. Near the end of the game, you were basically nigh unkillable and... Yeah, those actually remind me of a lot of the, um, what was it, like the Spider-Man games that you, yeah. I used to watch you play. It's basically like Resident Evil meets, like, X-Men. Yeah, pretty hmm. much, actually. Because it's all, like, bioweapons and stuff like that, and you become a, like, a mutant, and... It was pretty cool. Oh, interesting. They were fun. I have them yeah. on PS4, because I saw they went up down there, I was like, I'll buy those. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there... I mean, is there anything else we can say about LJN? I mean, they don't deserve the hate that they get. They, yeah, but they see, still kind of do to a point yeah. because the only thing there that they are been some sort of quality control. The only thing that they are guilty of is that they did not the they they were not as as careful de, uh, choosing their developers as they should have been. Especially yeah. when they had a bad track record, like with Atlas and and developing. Uh, it, it developing uh, Karate Kid, but see, actually, but at the same time, back then, there weren't exactly a whole lot of development teams you could go to that no, were very skilled. No, there really wasn't. So everyone was learning as they were going. Now, like, like towards the beginning of the life cycle of the console, okay, yeah, there's, but towards the end, when okay, yeah, developers are more experienced, mm -hmm. they had a little bit more of accountability there, especially when we get into Super Nintendo and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like that's when they really had accountability towards the beginning. 
no one knew what the hell they were doing. I mean, even just look at like Atari games. They didn't know what they were doing when developing them. Yeah, but Atari also had a lot more other problems where they, oh, yeah. they were not they were not but checking see, like, any of their games. Video games as a whole back then just they didn't have the like standards in the in like unified standards for what makes a good experience mm. because it was like Wild West back then. Like there was no one and knowing what to do, everyone was learning as you're going. You're you're finding your flaws as you're going, and mm -hmm. I suppose the biggest problem too back not then not learning from your mistake. Biggest problem back then too is a lot of the ones that were good developers were also their own publishers. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's like you yeah. couldn't have LJN be like, "Hey, Konami, Konami or come, Capcom, or, yeah. yeah, come make this for us, and we'll take all the money." <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, or it's like we'll pay you. Yeah. five hundred thousand dollars, and we know that we're gonna make like. $50 million on this game, but we'll give you a million dollars. Yeah, and as, like you said, yeah. back then, I suppose indie developer would be the right word. Like Atlas and Bethesda and them were, were essentially kind of indie, indie developers. developers yeah. They were you small, know, getting, small teams mm -hmm. and basically yeah. someone's garage sometimes, yeah. probably. And I suppose they didn't have like a library they could look at and be like, alright, are they any good? Well, they don't look great, <laughs> so <laughs> let's go with somebody else. You know, maybe I mean, you're right, it was a little bit I, more tricky to I almost something. wonder how many of these like the early like game developers did a um, so you had a publisher that was like okay we've got a concept for a game and then they go and they contact multiple developers and be like who's going to give us the best rate to make this game mm -hmm. and I wonder how many of these developers back then would try to lowball kind of like construction yeah, under, undercut yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. undercut just to so try I wonder to get how the, often the that used to happen back then and maybe it did maybe it did too so so honestly I mean I mean, there's enough blame to go around yeah, to all of them. There might, so. be, there might be enough blame, but still, LJN does not deserve the reputation that they get mm -hmm. nowadays in the video game industry. No. They, they were just a company that just wanted to make money, and they were trying to capitalize on the cash cow that was Nintendo back then. Maybe that's, that's literally why. All it was. Maybe the communications between certain departments wasn't exactly very strong too. I mean, mm -hmm. look at half of the box art that literally does not match the game at all. Kid Nicky, Mega Man. I mean, well, any of the Mega Mans Hell. really up until a certain point. Like, how how I, I remember reading a thing once where they said the guy who drew uh, the Mega Man box art was literally told, "This is the name of the game." And, like, this is it. Uh, he didn't see the actual game. He didn't see any of, like, the material. He, they were just like, draw this. The game's called Mega Man. So he drew a dude with a fucking blue hat on. Like, <laughs> so I wonder if communication back then, even between developers and publishers, was mm -hmm. just like, all right, here you go. <laughs> you know? It could have been one of those things. Yeah, it was a monthly phone call, and that would have been about it. Yeah, maybe. Because I can't believe any self-respecting person would look at Terminator and just be like, yep, this is our vision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, who knows? Maybe there's maybe there's something that people well, don't really realize. And then development cycles. I think they were a lot shorter back then, too. For the most part, they actually like were. Games, like, we're used to games taking five years to come mm -hmm. out back then oh no that was on i don't think the games were given anywhere even near that long to no be no on average they were given six to eight months um but it was cut short too if they wanted to get a specific game out before like a holiday or shopping yeah. season like thanksgiving or christmas um then Look, it, yeah, it could have been four months et is a great example of that uh, yeah yeah, actually. where they were basically like, "This needs to be out by this time." By this time, You've so got, that we what, can sell three for three months to do it. Yep, and guess what? Get it done. 
two to three months? Well, well I don't remember how many. They gave him like six weeks. Oh. <laughs> it was pretty six short. Six weeks from inception <laughs> of an idea to the final product. I knew it was short, six but I couldn't remember fucking how short. weeks. So. And then produced an insane amount of copies. <laughs> and then produced five million copies. Where, oh, might I say, that over a million copies of that game were sold. However... <laughs> Over a million copies were returned. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll talk about triple uh, A developers. So nowadays, obviously, time has gone on, and a lot of these companies have established a dominance or a prominence of sorts in the industry. I mean, you got EA, you got Square Enix, you got Capcom, even even Atlas, whose humble beginnings somehow flourished into this powerhouse in the RPG community. As as a triple A developer, yeah. So who who amongst the triple A's would you say is is one of the ones that you like the most? Um, I mean, I suppose it depends kind of on the type of game that you like. To be honest, I, I as far as ambition goes, I would say it's either um, Bethesda or um, what is the other one? They're doing uh, Outer Worlds at the moment, and I can't think of their fucking name, and I'm an idiot. That's not a surprise. <laughs> All statements are true. Paul, I hate you guys. I'm going home. We'll go back to him. Uh, no, Obsidian. Oh. They made because oh, yeah. they did oh, Fallout Obsidian. New Vegas. Yeah. yeah. So like Bethesda and then Obsidian, for the style of games they do, I don't think really anyone can match them. Yeah. And like because they're very very ambitious. Yeah, their games can tend to be well. Bethesda's games are buggy as hell. Obsidian's are less so. But like. The, the ambition for what they do, I think, is really good. I mean, they said he even did KOTOR and stuff, I think. I thought that was Bioware. It was Bioware. Or yeah. was the it Knights of the Old Republic games? Yeah, that I was Bioware. City so. had a hand in something else, and I can't remember what. It's the one we play. But I think they're like two of the, the big ones. So, I'm. It's kind of a loaded statement that I'm saying because they really don't have anything to, um, to base their reputation on because their game hasn't come out yet but honestly looking at the track record of Kojima with the Metal Gear Solid games and the care and and the level of detail that he puts into his games I honestly think that Kojima Productions is going to be one of the best like they he's trying to tell a story that he wants to tell mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. doesn't care what other people think or he's going to not cater to what? No, go ahead, finish your thoughts. <laughs> I hate you. I Have I said that before? I know. Oh, okay, good. Does <laughs> it do? Kojima Productions, yes. So, I honestly, like, he's, he's developing a game that he wants to make. He's telling the story that he wants to tell. Yeah. And he has a good... He has a good sense of what gamers want because he's done great things with like the Metal Gear Solid oh, franchise yeah. and everything that he's done and just making games more cinematic. I mean, he put he was one of the very first games that I remember an actual like movie score soundtrack was in Metal Gear Solid Two. Was yeah. one of the first well, ones that actually Metal Gear used. Solid. Well, Metal Gear Solid did not actually because Metal Gear Solid Two actually had a Hollywood. Oh, okay. Composer doing the music for but even even that. Metal Gear Solid One's music in comparison. Oh no no no, it's great. Time oh, it's 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 great. But that was the first one where nowadays you hear a lot of like Hollywood movie composers, Hans Zimmer doing a yeah. lot of different video game 
uh, soundtracks and, and, and music scores. And so, like, he really changed the game for video games, and I think he's going to still do that with Kojima Productions. And the only thing that he's got going against him is the fact that it's taking forever for him to publish <laughs> and produce one game. But, um, but honestly, I just... I, all right, eat me up. Well, what? actually, I wonder because you're talking about Death Stranding, right? Yes. Oh, I yeah. wonder how much of that was trying to wrangle like certain licenses and rights to things, which is why it might be taking so long. Maybe because I mean, because Norman Reedus's likeness and all that stuff, I have a feeling was tied to, to Silent, Hills. Silent Hills. I wonder if they had to try and wrestle that shit away from. Oh, from Konami. Konami no, no, he's allowed to rent, do his likeness out as many times as he wants. They know yeah. unless we had an exclusivity deal with uh, with. Uh, <clears throat> Konami. Konami, yeah. Then, then he, they, they which they it. never said anything about next. Which, as far video. as I know, yeah, yeah, he never did. Yeah. But no, it's in, as much as I enjoy Kojima's game, well, I should say I've enjoyed two of his games. The rest of them are. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, like Metal Gear Solid One and Two were fantastic. I liked Raiden. Three. Mm, I mean, even just starting with that opening, he's wanting to make a Bond game. It's literally it, that opening is literally ripped from a Bond movie from I the sixties. Well, I think most of like even the opening of, of Metal Gear Solid One was like a Bond game too. But he no, was no. in a freaking suit for God's sake. Well, no. he was in an, an elevator. Well, that's only if you the second playthrough. Oh, you gotta remember true. he wears the sneaking oh, suit and the diving that's suit normally. True. No, but like do you do you remember the opening to Snake Eater? It's the entire, like, psychedelic, trippy Sneaky Bond type. Eater. Yeah, it's the entire, like, oh, going through, like, the barrel of the gun and watching people dance. It's like, okay, so, like... <laughs> it was. It was ridiculous. Like, Kojima, and this is going to get a lot of people pissed off, is basically the Tarantino of video games. He gets far more credit than he deserves. He has some good ideas, but he is such an egotistical fuck that he gets more credit than he deserves. Was that a lot of him... Or was it a lot of Konami also putting their sense in? It's because I mean we saw we saw was, how controlling think, Konami can be. Yeah, but I do so, think I mean, that he had because of the success of the Metal Gear Solid games. I think he had a lot more control than the average Konami employee did. Oh yeah, yeah. Sense. There's no doubt about that. Like the vision for Metal Gear Solid is his vision. Hence why it gets more batshit insane the farther it went on. Oh, mm -hmm. I mean some of the things. Uh, oh, I agree. I think he. What is happening? Something. Oh, no. I, I, it's fine. Okay. Um, I agree to a point with what you're saying because it's like, as the Metal Gear games went on, it literally became well, like, like I, this isn't a game anymore. I'm watching this. Well, it's mm -hmm. kind of like how Xenosaga became later in the it's series. It's not just that. Like, okay, like Metal Gear Solid One. Okay, there's like the slight element of like the sci-fi with like the the Metal Gears themselves and then Psycho Mantis. Yeah. Oh, I so love you're like, Psycho Mantis. Psycho Mantis was an amazing. So you're like, villain. okay, there's a little bit touch of like sci-fi here. And then all of a sudden Metal Gear Solid 2. All of a sudden, now I'm fighting you, a vampire. You got the vampire, <laughs> you got Vamp, who's a nano fucking vampire. Yeah, the then Vamp. You, then you got um Fortune who has the personal force shield carrying around a rail gun. And then like Metal Gear Solid 3, now you got this guy that's able to shoot bees out of his fucking arm and shit like that. You like and then Metal Gear Solid 4, Did you, you got bees? Yes. Bees, not, not the bees. bees. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like some of his concepts, yes, are great. And he has as a whole, he can push the industry forward for that type of game. But his games are not money makers. They are not good. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, the part of the reason mm -hmm. Konami got so pissed off at him, his games take 
a shit ton of time and money develop and do not return the money. It's true, I think. I, I think we talked about or talked to Tim about this kind of thing once about how. Uh, I mean, you look at if you look at how many games are in the Metal Gear Solid series versus like how much money they've made. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hence why, like, they made those shitty like quick ones for PSP, like Metal like Metal Gear Solid Acid and I think Acid Two, Peace Walkers and stuff oh, like that. Yeah, and, yeah those ones. Yeah. I mean, that's why they turned around and they tried to capitalize on like the battle royale type thing when they made. Um, you know, Metal Gear Survive or yeah. something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. they basically were like, you took so long to make Metal Gear Solid Five. we need to turn around and make money off this engine. Mm. You sat there and basically did nothing for like six years. We want our money back. Mm. <laughs> and like, Metal Gear Solid Five isn't even a finished game. Seriously? Yeah. Oh. Like, literally, you get to a certain point and the game basically cuts off and there's supposed to be more missions, but that's it, you're done. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I like, so he's like, yeah, he's a great visionary. I mean, he's kind of like George Lucas. Great visionary. Don't let him work on his own. He needs yeah. someone that can control him. That can control him, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But I remember he has a lot of great, great ideas. Yeah. Like, what, which like one said, was it where, like he's, where you're walking down the river and you just see all the bodies of everyone you've three. killed fucking floating down That's the river? Solid three. It was such a cool thing. They're kind of yeah. reminding me of, like, Scarecrow. Oh, in, yeah. In uh, Arkham Asylum. Oh, my God. That was such a cool, and it that was really such a was. mind fuck. That well, was. And, and, like, there's another cool thing in, in uh, Metal Gear Solid 3. There's a sniper you fight. He's this old guy. And if you want to, you can either get to the battle and fight him or you could save before him, jump the PlayStation's PS2's clock ahead and go back and he just dies of old age. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's really so, funny. So, like, like, there's cool little touches like that, but, like, the games as a whole are just a mess. Mm, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, got, it's gonna get a lot of flack, I know that, but... Who knows, man? Death Stranding's got a lot riding on it, I it, think, for it, him. It does. It does. Yeah. So I haven't seen too much about Death Stranding. I, I've heard it's very... Weird. Bizarre. Yeah, I, I heard Carry it's Carry a baby around in a bubble, for Christ's sake. It's, it kind of <laughs> reminds me of Yoshi's Island. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was the worst. That was the worst part of that game. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. Uh, what were you going to say before you you'd pointed at your phone about something? before? Oh, no, Obsidian did KOTOR 2. Okay, oh. who did... Oh, so Bioware did 1. Yeah. That's mm. what I thought, that's what I thought. Um, for me, I would have to say Atlas is, is one of my favorites, but I'm not... I, I love Atlas, I really do. But I'm not entirely sold every time they pump out a game because there's a lot of games they do that are just very bizarre <laughs> that I, I I can't quite get a, get on board with. But um, d- VanillaWare is that is that a developer? Or is that just like uh, I think they're the developer of Odin Sphere. I know they did Odin Sphere. I'm pretty sure they did Miramaza. Uh, they did Dragon's Crown. Yeah, I think they're the developer. Okay, I wasn't sure if they were a developer. If that was just like they did the art style. So I can never remember, but any any time I see the VanillaWare logo, I'm sold. Like even this Aegis Rim. That, yeah, they're that, a developer. Okay, cool, awesome. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I want because uh, I'm not. Uh, I'd have to look more into it. But this 13 Sentinels thing, the gameplay kind of makes me a little leery. But I w- I love the art style beyond anything because their games are just so unbelievably gorgeous. 
Like, we're, we're going to play Dragon's Crown on the channel at some point. I would love to with all four of us. Mm -hmm. um, the three of us and then Tim. And th this game's beautiful. Like, the cutscenes with, like, the mermaid or the dragons, and stuff, it's just, it, it's breathtaking. I love, like, that watercolor look with, and, and so, it blows me away. So I see VanillaWare, I'm in love. Yeah. You know, even Inti Creates or Way Forward, their games are incredible. You know, and so they're one of the ones too. Where Wait, it's, I I didn't think Way Forward was big enough. That's why I didn't like. That's true. Way Forward is not a, well not because that was AAA. because that's that would be my idea of like I, I a think minor league team. They are, but they've been consistent. Yeah. It, their only fault, is, in my opinion, is that they're almost a one-trick pony. Mm -hmm. Because they mm -hmm. they seem to do the same games over and over and over again. Oh, but you mean like from software? You can only develop <laughs> one type of game anymore. Yeah, that's true. She's um, kind of the same way. But uh, but no, I honestly like Way Forward had uh, what was the first? Uh, I saw Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which was just absolutely amazing. And it was that, fun. Yeah, and that was way got pulled. That yeah. was yeah, that was Way Forward. Um, they did the remake of uh, Ducktales. What is happening? I have no idea. Shantae, I think. Yes, Shantae was yes. Shantae was uh, was the first game that I ever played by them, and then I did uh, the Ducktales remastered, and then um, and then I saw Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, they even did uh, TMNT Dangers of uh, Danger of the Ooze, which was almost like a Metroid. Well, not almost. It was. It was a Metroidvania mm. uh, clone. And WayForward has just done a lot of really great things that yeah. I just like to me they're the ones who are the closest to where if something was had the way forward attached to it like I, I would Done. feel I would feel pretty confident 90% like I'll get this game and I know that I'm probably going to like it yeah. yeah I didn't know they went all the way back to 94 who's that way forward? way forward oh yeah they did yep yeah, mm -hmm. I mean Shantae was GBA or GBC challenge yeah. was her first uh, game but that was 2000 though was it really? That Game Boy Color? It was, yeah, Game Boy Color. Well, Game Boy Color came out in 1998. Shantae was 2002. Okay. Oh, it was 2002. It was one of the oh, last... I didn't know that. It was one of the last games for the Game Boy Color. It's which expensive. Is, which is why it's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it did not have a, a very long shelf life. Well, I'm surprised, so... Well, and they yeah. did um, Sigma. Sigma yeah, Star Yeah, that, that one I knew. Yeah. And that one, that game's incredible. But that was GBA. Yeah. Yes, that was Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have a good point about yeah, they're they're more of an indie developer. Which, what do you feel is the biggest difference between like AAA developers and indie developers? Like, do you think AAA developers can be a little bit more lax, knowing that they can kind of put out a more mediocre product, whereas indie developers have to really kind of push their shit? You know what I mean? Like, do you feel like there's a difference in quality between almost, AAA and indie developers? I almost feel it's the other way around, actually, where triple or the the indie developers can make a, a game that may not be the greatest, but it's not going to bankrupt them. Triple A's, you see a lot more cases of where one bad game, and all of a sudden it's like they are like they could potentially go out of business. Do you feel like even like with Square Enix with Kingdom Hearts three? Took them so long because they wanted to make a good product mm -hmm. instead of putting out a, a shoddy piece of shit. I don't know. I haven't played Kingdom Hearts three, so I don't know how good it is. But do you think? Because I mean, if you think about it, Shovel Knight was—that's an indie developer. Mm -hmm. Their game exploded. Yeah. What was that? Yacht Club. Yeah, Yacht did Club that? Games. Their yeah. game is insanely good. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you feel like indie developers have to try harder? 
I think overall indie developers are a little bit more free to take risk than AAA developers. That's why you see a new Call of Duty every year. It's why you saw a new Assassin's Creed every year. These bigger companies are to the point where they've gotten so big, they have no other choice but to keep turning product out or start like, downsizing. Yeah, and that's I think it's one of those things where they've gotten it's it's the the too big to fail like mindset where they're just these big companies and if they go out then you know there's gaming it's gone type thing. I almost feel like AAA developers are falling into a trap of they can't do anything different like you just said. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they have to put out a new Call of Duty instead of something different maybe where even Square Enix when was the last time you saw a different Square Enix RPG? Other than Kingdom Hearts, or well, isn't Monster Hunter Capcom? That's Capcom. No, that's that Capcom. is Capcom. Yes, it is. Um, I almost feel like you don't really even see, or Final Fantasy. There you go. That's Square Enix. Um, I feel like these companies can't really do anything new because they can't. People, <laughs> you people, know what I mean? people want the old stuff versus yeah. the new stuff. So. Well, it's they have that fan base that got them to AAA status, mm-hmm. to being these super big developers and. Yeah, they have to walk that fine line of okay, this is our core fan base. We must appease them, but at the same time, we need to do other stuff. But they're going to get backlash if they go too far outside the norm. Yeah. I mean, how it's a big issue that's happened with comic books over the years. I mean, they try to do new stuff, and there's sometimes such a massive pushback against it that. Like, I mean, it happens with every industry. Don't make that face. And I'll punch <laughs> I'm making the face because they're going about it all wrong. Is that's that that's the problem? Yeah, they they want to do different things, but they're doing it because they are trying to be more diverse. Well, okay, yeah, there is that too. But like, but like bigger like companies, they they want they have to do the new, but they have to keep the old going, and mm-hmm. it's a double edged sword. You, there's no way, there's no perfect way to go about it. Whereas, like, indie developer, one de- well, the first game they make could be a Metroid clone. And then they can go off and be like... It's a puzzle well, game. I'm going to do, yeah, like a Mario Picross-style game. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go off and we're going to do a, a visual novel next. And they could do what they want because they don't have to... Like, while their livelihoods are a little bit more on the line, they don't have to also worry about producing the same big numbers that a AAA does. No, and it's it seems like they have more creative freedom to do what they want to do, but their chances of greater success are not as high as mm-hmm. the AAA developers. I feel like Atlas is, is that weird enigma, because look at how many different games Atlas has really put out. I mean, you have the Persona series, and then you have Catherine, which is... It, and for all intents and purposes, it's a puzzle. Game. It's a puzzle slash like visual novel, which it, well maybe not visual novel, but it's it's more story based. But it's at its heart, it's a puzzle game, which you don't see a lot of like developers like that going into different genres. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, well, I suppose Although, you kind of there do is in a weird one way. one way that I think ret- like indie developers are a bit more shoehorned. Is unfortunately the vast majority of them are stuck in doing retro clones. That seems to be a big thing I've noticed over the past generation. Like they're not free yeah. to go off and do a bit more of a for the thing. Like they're stuck basically in eight and sixteen bit era, mm-hmm. and if they deviate outside that, they basically fail. I I feel like you have to think and 
uh, and be upset with uh, Shovel Knight on that one. Mm -hmm. The success of Shovel Knight yes. being the 8-bit gem that that was, um, it started this whole indie developer turn. It was a boom. Let's, let's make all of our games 8-bit because yeah. that's what it was that captured everybody. It's like, no, it really wasn't that per se, but... It was well, like it was like Final Fantasy Tactics did for the yeah. strategy RPG. To genre. be honest, the same thing kind of happened to AAA developers. Look at the success, of the success of Borderlands and how many games tried to emulate that afterwards. Mm -hmm. you know, it's true. I mean, even like... Um, like Destiny and stuff emulates it to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. So, like the yeah, a game doesn't take itself seriously, but at the same time, it does. Well, not just that, and but it's also like the, whole the loot, loot systems yeah. and and like I mean, I suppose you can go back further. They're copying from like games like Diablo and stuff like that. But that was a first-person Diablo. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, pretty much actually. So like you I got can't... those you got those genre-defining games that yeah. everyone wants to copy. But then everyone gets stuck in that rut, and no one seems to be able to get out until that random one developer does it, and then all of a sudden everyone's now stuck in doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I almost feel like the degree of success is is varied as well. Because um, Time Spinner is one that I, I really liked. It was it's Metroidvania. Yeah, like that genre for some reason has just exploded over the past like decade, I would say, mm -hmm. as far as gaming goes. There is such an abundance of Metroidvania's chasm. You have uh, Sundered, uh, the Eldritch story or whatever. That oh, yeah. was another one. Like, even even, even Iconoclast technically is. Iconoclast is a Metroidvania. Oh, absolutely. Um, there are just so many. There was one that came out not that long ago. It's Ag Aglagos, I think it was called. It's, it's Metroidvania, mm -hmm. but it's it caters more to like the eight bit style mm -hmm. more than a sixteen bit. But it's that genre has really boomed. And you're right, Shovel Knight is 100% to blame for that. Oh, yeah. Blame slash credit. I know, it's, well, it's a great genre. genre. Like, it, like it or hate it, but they are the ones who caused this whole... The, this whole uproar for 8-bit and 16-bit yeah. style graphics that yeah. you now are seeing on everything. Yeah, that's very true. But it's like you said, Kevin, there's, there's that one developer that does it right. I mean, Like you said, Diablo was... was Incredible! I can't really think of too many games that were like it at the time. Well, because they were all more like the Baldur's <laughs> Gate or something like that, where they were more the D&D oh, like, emu the, the emulators. Yeah. And, um, and then Diablo was like, we want to make the hack and slash, you know. Let's make it more accessible. And, and like, yeah, and find the loot and do this sort of stuff. And then Runescape. that became an addiction. Yeah. And now, like, I mean, yeah, they're up to Diablo 3. There's all the other, like games that copy that style mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and I suppose it's also too like they're, they're just how different you can do it because like you said it's Borderlands is for all intents and purposes a Diablo but let's make it first person shooter to appeal to like the Halo crowd or the Call of Duty crowd you know yeah so in a well, weird they way also, they also to, to me at least they they kind of push the whole we have a semi-serious narrative, but we are laden with jokes everywhere. Yeah, type thing because so it makes it that, funny. Other than mm -hmm. that, like Time Splitters was like the only other one I can think of that did that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, on yeah, PS2. You're right. But like mm -hmm. now, that's a very common thing. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of games that that like the self-referential jokes. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at No More Heroes. That was kind of like that too. Yeah, where it's just it it definitely does not take itself seriously. Well, I mean, yeah, especially the first No More Heroes. Jack off the controller to power up your sword. <laughs> Going to the bathroom to save. And he held it like this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay. 
Yeah. But like I was saying, uh, Tactics, I mean, just completely... How many clones of Final Fantasy Tactics came out after that came out? You had Vandal Hearts, you had Eternalize. But that was the thing is, there were games before it that had... Like, Ogre Battle was essentially like that before. And that was SNES, I think. What's the one that your brother used to play all the time in the small TV in the corner? Um, Brigandine. There we go. But that was kind of more of a Shining Force. Oh, yeah, I suppose. But... Well, I, that's kind of what tactics is. It's yeah. an isometric yeah. shining force. And so, like Vanguard Bandits, which was, was just like was, a, a mecha yeah. version of it. And might, or um, Front Mission. Yeah, I swear. Be, and I might be wrong, but wasn't Final Fantasy um, Mystic Quest? Was that something like that? No, like, that was. That, or that was just a. That was just turn based RPG, oh, okay. but it, it, gotcha. it wasn't. It, was it wasn't random location. encounters. But it also that, that game was so hard to describe. Well, basically, it was basically set pieces. You went. This yeah, is your, yeah. the, the dungeon you have. You explore it. You can see it. Once that dungeon's done, you move on to the next dungeon. So with there the is no metric view. Like would Super Mario RPG was just like that too. Then yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Except so that one, like you Final can't Fantasy. freely rotate the camera. Oh, okay. this one so you, you could, could pivot. Oh, and so rotate. in tactics, you could actually freely yeah. rotate the camera. Oh, interesting. But it was always at that weird angle. It wasn't like a top-down, yeah, but it no, also it was wasn't three, off on the side. It was yeah. a three-quarters view. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But I know, um, like, Ogre Battle was on the, was on the, the SNES. Yes. Was it, that wasn't March of the Black Queen. Yes, oh. it was. Was it? I, think. I thought that was Ogre Battle 64. Oh, it was. It was just Ogre Battle. That's right. Maybe it, it was, it was just, for yeah, Super yeah. Nintendo. It was just Ogre Battle. Yeah. But I suppose even games like that. I mean, you had games like that even back on the NES. I mean, um, Nobunaga's Ambition. I'm pretty sure is kind of like that. Yeah, Technically, or, my uh, favorites the uh, the uh, Ultima. Yeah, Ultima games because you they're grid based. I you move. They're turned, yeah. Yeah. Genghis Khan. I think is kind of oh, like Genghis that. No, Bandit King, uh, Kings, Kings of Ancient China. China. Which one was it? I just saw somebody on the two dudes. Thing. It was or. Aaron Hickman posted it was by uh, Koei. Uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms? Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. It was yeah, one of those was, games yeah. that, that were like that. Or Uncharted Waters? Oh, I don't know. No. I'm just I'm spouting off all the Koei games that I can think of. <laughs> cool. I'm glad we're doing Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> but then again, the first Dynasty Warriors is not like the other ones. Mm-mm. The first Dynasty Warriors wasn't a beat 'em up, go and kill massive amounts of people. Yeah, which is funny because now even the Dynasty Warriors created its own genre yeah. of, mm-hmm. of the mass scale. I mean, so much so that RPG, they did yeah. like the the gun. Uh, well, yeah. they did Samurai Warriors, and then they did Warriors the, Orochi. Well, no, then they Although did that was they did Samurai thing. Warriors. Then yeah, Warriors Orochi, Dynasty Warriors, and Samurai Warriors together. But then they did the Gundam ones. They did the Zelda one. Yep. Hyrule Warriors. They did Fire Emblem Warriors. Fire Emblem. They've got um, it's like One Piece and and Berserk has one. It's crazy. Yeah. How how big do you ha- or how influential do you have to be to make you've just created a genre of game? Well, you know what I mean? Like that's crazy. Well, see, to what think do you, like, about, what do you think about it before? Because like you're like you're pitching an idea and then all of a sudden you're like they may or may not believe in your product. And then all of a sudden. You've spawned this entire thing. How do you, as that individual, feel? Yeah. Well, that's what Capcom did with Survival Horror with Resident Evil. Is they really coined that? They really coined that uh, that genre of video game. It's, there was nothing quite like it before that. That's very true. So, Not that I can recall, anyway. No. 
Not to that degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose you could say the Clock Tower games were, or Clock Tower on the SNES was sort of like it. Was it, well, not sort of like it, it was a survival horror, but it, that was more of a point and click. It was, yeah. It was That's more, yeah, of, a more of an adventure click. game. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, I mean, it would still be considered survival horror, but it's just at the time, like, it was not as. It wasn't as mainstream. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't done by a, by a AAA developer. It didn't even come to the United States. So us mm-hmm. gamers in in the West didn't even know that it existed. Yeah. So to us, the first one that really bridged that gap from Japan to the Western audience was Resident Evil, and so then it just introduced the world to yeah. a new genre. Yeah. I would say B so, movie but... games. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is this? Fucking Dino Crisis. <laughs> Sorry, that one did stuff that Resident Evil wouldn't do for years yeah, after. The fact right. that you can walk and shoot at the same time. Yeah. That was huge back then. I remember yeah. that very well. I mean, granted, that series went off the rails real quick. Did like, you go to space? Dino Crisis you 3, did. you're in, in three. space, and you had like the three. jump jets and stuff like that. It's like, come on, guys. Did the dinosaurs have little helmets, too? I think some of them were like <laughs> cyber-augmented and stuff like that. That was funny. I don't they think just... I ever finished that one, but... I was like, what? What if Resident Evil was in the time of the dinosaurs? Dino Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crazy. So, who do you guys feel in, in this era or any era really is was just an overrated developer? Like, obviously, we talked about Data East back at the beginning of the episode. Um, I felt was hugely overrated. Um, who do you guys feel is, is like doesn't quite deserve all the credit that they've been handed? They, this is gonna be one that's gonna piss off a lot of people. Just saying. But back in the day, NES, Super NES, N64, even GameCube, Nintendo deserved the praise they got. They were the ones that were always trying to help push and get things going and doing stuff and. They were definitely a for you know the players type thing. I mean, for Christ's sake, they birthed the video game industry back into the, back into prominence. Nowadays, like they put out like the Switch. I love my Switch, but the vast majority of games Nintendo like self develops and pub and put out are fucking garbage. Mario needs to die. Him <laughs> and his a billion spinoffs need to die. Good luck on that. I know. <laughs> Not gonna happen. But but people but see that's the thing is like people will just keep lapping it up because it is the name there's the name recognition. It's like the same reason Nike shoes are fucking garbage. Idiots will still buy them. <laughs> but that's uh, that'd be like saying Call of Duty needs to go away. Well, it does. It that's it's one of those. There are certain franchises that that do need to die so that other stuff can step up and be recognized. But unfortunately, people are too set in buying shit. So these other games that need to be recognized will never be recognized. Unless they can find some way to make a name for themselves. Kind of like how uh, Zelda and Horizon got into that battle between each other when Breath of the Wild came out. Yeah. So how like Horizon was kind of pushed to the side when Breath of the Wild came up because it was Zelda. It was essentially overshadowed by name only. Yeah. It had no bearing on how the games actually played because... To me personally, I Horizon thought Horizon the played better game. Better. It's the better yeah. game. I thought Horizon was a better experience than Breath of the Wild was. Don't get me wrong, I love Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm a huge Zelda fan. I love the series in but its entirety. It, but Horizon was a very like it was different, fresh it, take. It and, felt incredible to play, and it yeah. was just it was extremely, very well 
just conceived. Yeah. You know, it was a, a new IP that felt well, And it also gave you a lot more variety than Breath of the Wild did. If you want to play a pure stealth way in, in Horizon, you can. Yeah. Or if you want to go in guns blazing, you can. Whereas Breath of the Wild, you basically can't. You're Link. You're going to yeah. go in either sword or bow. That's your options. <laughs> or bomb. Yeah, but I, I mean, I can see where you're coming from, but I feel like with Mario specifically, they, he's one that's, he's just so iconic, not just with Nintendo, but gaming in general, mm -hmm. there's nothing that can beat Mario. No. Like, he's literally the face of video games. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is nobody alive who doesn't know what Mario is. You know what I mean? Even, yeah, even like, our grandparents knew who Mario is. Yeah. Yep. You know? So it's like, to say he's overrated is kind of... But that that is the, the quintessential of being overrated. If everyone and their dog knows who you are, at that, that point... That doesn't know... Uh, I would say overrated mean, would mean you yeah. could put out a game that's just 100% trash, yeah. and people will still buy it. Mario 64. No, I hate Mario, Mario Odyssey, Mario Sunshine, See, Mario, Odyssey. Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. I liked Odyssey. <sighs> See, now you're just trying to alienate the, the viewers and... and no, I'm and trying to get viewers like that it. have taste. <laughs> Sunshine. And here, and here I thought he was going to say, like, oh, you 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 put his, his face on, 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 on subpar games. It's like, it Mar sell. Mario is missing. <laughs> Mario's time machine. Mario's typing. Mario's typing. And they didn't sell. They didn't sell. I mean, Mario's had sold flops. terrible. Mario's but, had flops. But Super Mario 64, a lot of people love that game. I personally don't. Super Mario Sunshine, a lot of people do like that game. Yeah, there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy, people thought that those were like phenomenal games. They're like I graphically, think. like graphically, yeah, they're pretty. They're great that way. And like the skill to make to develop them, yeah, cool. I won't like say the developers don't have skill, but they're just not good games. Okay. <laughs> You're wrong, Paul. We're sorry. No, we're not. <laughs> Actually, Kevin's not sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. Go back so, to your shrimp crackers. <laughs> I, I don't like Mario. I, I, I'm not a huge Mario fan, but I recognize what he brings to the table as far as the games go. Because, I mean, look, every platformer is essentially Mario Brothers. You know, I mean, you can't. Compare. It was inspired. It was inspired by Mario. Yeah, even yeah. even the galaxy like Galaxy games and Sunshine and even Odyssey. While there, it, I mean, it's it's Mario. You really can't do a whole lot different with it in a platforming aspect. Mm -hmm. It still maintained a fresh thing to it. Like the whole idea of being in the separate worlds on in galaxies was a cool idea. Mm -hmm. And I love Rosalina. She's a babe. <laughs> Even though it's weird because it's kind of Luigi's daughter. But that's not that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Continue. But uh, like Mario, I mean. Just the fact that he's transcended so many different genres, like even Super Mario RPG, you can't deny that game was incredible. Well, I mean, see, that's yeah, that's one of the side ones that is worth the praise that it gets. Superstar Saga was incredibly great for the GBA. The Paper Mario games were also very good. Mm -hmm. Like, so I mean, to say Mario's overrated, I suppose it depends on what context you're looking at. I'd say he's oversaturated. Absolutely, he's on everything. Mm -hmm. You can't escape him. But I don't know necessarily overrated. Yeah, he's overrated. All of his games are glorified tech demos outside of like the side ones that aren't even developed by Nintendo. <laughs> some of, some of the RPG ones do get a little weird. Like Bowser's Inside Story, I didn't care for. 
But uh, and what was the one where you're Luigi? Was it Dream Team? It was Mario or uh, Mario and Luigi's Dream Team. In time or something like that. No, that was that was after Superstar. Oh, where you, you you went back? You had the babies, mm. which was stupid. But um, no, it was Dream Team where you're in Luigi's dream. I don't remember. It was goofy. I didn't play any of those. Yeah, I, I only played Superstar Saga and then uh, Partners in Time. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you're the only one in the room that feels that way. Nope, that's because I'm right. You guys you, are wrong. Uh-huh, of course <laughs> it is. Yep. Well, what about you, Paul? What 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 do you feel is overrated? Well, I can give you another one, but keep going. <laughs> we mean, know you could. We could all yeah, day. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, no, the other one rightly deserves the criticism. But go ahead. The um, are you talking about more like contemporary companies? It could be anything. Any, any, developer, any, any developer. Any 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 game series or whatever. Just any any of the ones that you feel like they're just their games really aren't. What what they should be, but because of the name or or the brand recognition that people lap it up. So, I I I mean it is going back. It's, it's not a tough question. It's actually. yeah. It's it's not a it's not contemporary. But honestly, and I think we've we've alluded to this before. But I honestly think that Data East is for some reason they get like people love Data East. They they think memorably on the games that they have produced. Yeah. Um, but when you really break it down and you play some of the games that they have developed, um, and I think Trade West is actually a part of that as well, too. Oh, Data yes. East and Trade West, they're like, they're the same company. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you've got like the Double Dragon series, which is a very highly regarded series, but on the Nintendo, like, one and three aren't that great. Two people tend to like and gravitate towards but even that one's not all that great um battletoads people know battletoads and it has the reputation of being one of the hardest games on the system but people generally think about it in positive sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's not the greatest game god no it's, it's, it's riddled with just cheap hits yeah it's really even from a playable from a playability standpoint it's, it's not, not that good no it's not great no karnov had so many damn issues which it was based <laughs> on a it was based on an arcade game yes but when it was ported to the nintendo obviously there was glitches there were so many glitches there was a point where I couldn't even hit the freaking boss like the last guy of the game because he was like something happened and he was glitched out and yeah. I couldn't even attack him. Wasn't um double th- was Double Dragon an arcade game? Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like Data East was good in arcade in sense. The arcades. But yeah. once their games came to NES, like they were just garbage. Or in just systems in general, maybe. I mean yeah. yeah. But the, see that could just be the tech restrictions. I I think so. Uh, I think well with Double Dragon one it definitely was because they didn't know how to program two-player. And mm-hmm. so that's why there is no two-player. Which there is a, a two-player mode, but it's literally just the fighting. The fault. The, oh. No, it's the fighting game version. <laughs> like Trojan. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they didn't know how to do a, a two-player. So in the uh, in the arcade game, you actually could play two-player. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because basically, whoever you were, pl- whoever was playing as, as Jimmy Lee, like, you two ended up fighting against each other to like for the for the last boss Jimmy and Bimmy oh no yeah <laughs> so but I mean um, actually let me let me see um, another one that I remember them going uh, that I remember them like Joe and Mac I mean that one had so many issues as we were playing through it as well too um, let's see here oh hold on okay uh, video games 
bad dudes. We oh, God. Did we do that one yet? Not no, we yet. haven't done that one yet. Uh, Captain America and the Avengers. Oh, Ah, it, it wasn't good. It was it was decent, but not not. <laughs> what you mean, like losing your character and getting pushed back or whatever when you guys lost Hawkeye halfway no. across oh, the damn country? <laughs> you didn't enjoy that experience to the um, point where we couldn't even get back. They did the wonderful SNES version of Dragon's Lair, which <sighs> is a very highly regarded game. <laughs> oh, the Heavy Barrel, Joan Max series, uh, Kar- Karate Champ. <laughs> Heavy Barrel, I actually didn't mind. That was a pretty good, pretty good game. Probably which one that is. That was a. It was kind of like a. It's not top down. Oh yeah, it was kind of like a top down shooter. Oh, kind of reminiscent of Jackal, but it was you were on foot and, and you assembled pieces of the Heavy Barrel. Yeah. When you got the big ass laser gun. And they did RoboCop and RoboCop Two, of course. Side pocket, they did. <laughs> Tag Team Wrestling. Do you remember that game? Yeah. Oh, With okay. the Strong Bads? <laughs> I like that one. And Data East and Werewolf. Oh. Which, was not, which was not that great either. No. So, I mean, they literally do not have, like, other than the Battletoads series, which may have gotten a little bit better on the Super Nintendo versus the Nintendo, Data East has really not done anything really strong. They have great IPs. They've got the Double Dragon franchise. They've got the uh, the Battletoads franchise. Maybe Joan Mac. I don't know if I would consider that one. But, I mean, they've got great IPs, but they just cannot make a good game to save their lives. Yeah. So yeah. I honestly think that Data East, while it is a highly regarded company, I think, honestly, as a developer, they were not good. They were definitely overrated. And I don't know what people remember, or they're, they're just looking back on the past with their rose-colored glasses, but it's literally, it is not as as good as people remember it being, all yeah. of their games. Kevin, I know you said you had another one. Oh, go ahead and do yours first. I don't, ha- I don't actually did. have one for this. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't really... You don't think that anybody's overrated, huh? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Oh. You guys have kind of hit pretty much where I would where I would go with it. Uh, the only other one I can think of is, um, we kind of already alluded to it, is From Software. But, like, okay, they did Demon Souls, and they kind of, you know, they got, they kicked off that genre of, you mm-hmm. know, the harder style games. Yeah. But that's literally all they do. They're, like, yeah, the games have some, you know, technical increases with each game that's come between, like, um, then they went to, what was it, uh, it was Demon Souls, then it's Dark, Dark Souls. Souls, and then yeah, Bloodborne, Bloodborne. Oh, and so now those Sekiro. Are, so, like, so those are not actually um, Atlas? They're all, they're all from software. It's called I, From Software? From Software. I think Atlas is the publisher. Is the publisher. Oh, okay, but they didn't develop them. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure, unless it's the opposite way. You know, it's funny, speaking of those games, I liked Bloodborne mm-hmm. to a point, but I, I absolutely hated the Demon Souls, Dark Souls series. Atlas really. um, published and distributed, was distribution in the U.S. for Demon Souls. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, but yeah, it's From Software. Like, From Software used to have... Software like, from where? That's funny. <laughs> they used to have like the the Tenchu series. <clears throat> oh my God! Seriously, Tenchu stealth, stealth assassin doesn't exist anymore because no, it of the, because of stuff like Demon Souls and like people are like, oh, these games are fantastic. They're really great at storytelling and blah blah blah. Ugh. And like to really? a certain yeah, because <laughs> they, so. they have some like the best world building and stuff. Like I'm like, no, I they did not get any of that from their games. They don't like the only thing these games have going for them is challenge. The aesthetics are very boring and bland and like 
washed out looking. I have never heard anybody say there's a lot of world building in oh, these games. Yeah, you don't I, talk to the, the fan only base thing, then. The Their only thing is... that I have ever heard about the Demon Souls and Dark Souls games is that they're notable for being difficult. No, like because like every item tells part of the story and like location. Like the people like they tout their world building as like the best of the best, and I'm like their gameplay is boring. It's slow. Like if you know, like the, like you watch like play with like a long sword in the game. The way you use it, it's like well, guess what? A real person that was trained to use a long sword doesn't do that. Like they don't suck that way. Stop being stupid. You're a trained knight. Why are you a fucking garbage? So it's like, and like that's all they can do anymore is that mm-hmm. style, and they do not deserve the praise. No, that's. Uh... Well, I remember think like their games really aren't that hard. Well, and see that's the other like thing I is... remember like Bloodborne. Yeah, it was difficult, but it wasn't like. It wasn't hard. It was just you could only take, like, two or three hits, well, and so which you, is what made it hard. And that's the other thing. That's the part of my big reason I don't like them. There is a difference between, and I know we've talked about this before, there is a difference between real difficulty yeah, and, and difficulty. artificial difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real difficulty is the AIs outmaneuvering you, outflanking you, and doing stuff while at the same rate of all stuff you're able to do. Yeah. But then when enemies can hit harder and move faster than you can, that's not real difficulty. Mm-hmm. That's them basically, and then it's basically just a, a flat-out boring numbers game against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we had talked about that, I think, during Aria of Sorrow when we did that playthrough about uh, scaling. Yeah. I, it might have been in a segment that got cut in a fast-forward, but we talked like games that scale with you as you level up. Like, that is a form of artificial difficulty. Mm -hmm. Because no matter how strong you become, no matter how much you grind, they're always going to be be a little bit bit more than you. And and this is like, I mean, granted, artificial difficulty is a problem in most RPGs. It is. Because it's basically just a, okay, I'm this level, they're this level, or I have this equipment. If I have this equipment, the the fight's completely different. But then again, you're not playing RPGs for, like, the complex combat and stuff like that you're playing it for the story usually yeah but I like, mean, the combat's a bonus yeah like if it's fun combat cool then like if if, if it, like or if it's like the uh the persona and stuff what's their shin megami Tensei. there we go it's the shin megami where it's it's more of a okay enemies can use these status effects and it actually affects the tide of battle and you have to think a bit more like that that's cool that's great yeah but like, like if back from like that's all like all it is is okay. I hit by ten, my enemy hits by fifty. Yeah, right, right. And like, yeah, you can take the time to go in a circle and kill shit to like level up. But like, even as you're leveling, it's one of those things where okay, eventually you just hit the grind that's in like RPGs where okay, I'm no longer getting anything that's worth it so that I can level up, progress to the next section, and repeat. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it doesn't deserve the recognition they get. Yeah. That's why I feel, and I've, I've talked about this for a while now, but uh, Trails of Cold Steel, that series is truly one of the best examples of a perfect RPG. The fights are actually, like, it, they're difficult, but it's because they make you think. Like, it, it, you actually have to plan out moves and think about how the enemies is, are going to react to what you're doing. It's a real strategy RPG. Yeah. yeah. You actually mm-hmm. have to think about how, like, do you prioritize healing at this point? Or, because you, 
you can like kind of manipulate the turn order in a, in a weird way in that game. You could do that in Super Mario RPG too, because then yeah. you had to you had to especially if you used. Um, a team that did not have princess in there, you really had to be careful on like, okay, who was going to be healing, or right. can I take one more hit before I use a, a healing item, or am I almost close enough to beating this guy, or like, or or will he have enough life to then just completely just destroy me? So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I like that it's almost like a chess <clears throat> game that you're playing. Yeah, yeah. and that like Trails of Cold Steel, like the story is just so enthralling that it's. It's literally the perfect game for me. It's it's truly going down as one of my favorite RPG series of all time. It's easily one of my top five. <laughs> Just because of how, how excellent the combat is, and it keeps it fresh with with introductions of new abilities and new things like this and that. Like Eternal Sonata for the... Well, at the time, I think it was Xbox only 360. 360. Um, I have it for PS3 because I know it came out on PS3. Yeah, that was the second release of it. That also was an extremely great RPG and that's, very perfect. Honestly, that's one of my favorites, not only for style, but like the soundtrack. And oh, yeah, the story was phenomenal. It was a story about uh, Frederick Chopin. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. last three days and, of his life. Yeah, So and just the way combat played was every chapter introduced a new element to it. So it was, it was action, but also turn-based, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you start the game... You can sit there and think about what your movement's going to be. Once you start moving, a timer kicks down for as long as you can act. Um, then once you let... They, I think they called it your, your battle level or whatever. So your battle level increases at the end of the chapter. And then instead of having an infinite amount of time to think about what you're going to do, you have maybe... 10 seconds before the timer starts for your action and then it goes then the next chapter it's down to five seconds and your action time's just a smidge longer but it, mm-hmm. and it kind of progressed like that until the point where as soon as your character is up you have to go mm-hmm. like you it kind of it it's like a learning curve that's like perfect it, it's it was such a great idea and the story was phenomenal that it's well and then not to mention yeah. like uh you can actually change some of the battle stuff by Pushing certain creatures into the shadow to either make them stronger or weaker. Yeah, and that's right. You had different moves. Like that they would literally oh, transform wow. yeah. in shadow, and certain moves would completely change. Oh, that's cool. So, like the battlefield would have clouds coming by, and the cloud cover would actually change your move set if you were in the light or the dark. Mm-hmm. It was a really fucking cool game. Hmm. That would be one I would love to. Granted, see. the numbers in that game got absolutely oh, yeah. fucking ridiculous. <laughs> when you're hitting by like a billion damage <laughs> towards the end of the game. Yeah. Oh, really? You're, you're literally hitting in the millions. Yeah, because I think that towards the end, your Alec was hitting like millions and millions of damage at the end. He's like, watch this combo I do. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like 16 million damage. I'm like, why do you need numbers this big? It's yeah, so you don't. Yeah. It's that sense of power. You know. But I could have the same power on a scale of 10. Yeah, if he did 60 million, did he actually kill something? Oh, in no, life? that's the problem, is the creatures didn't die. Exactly. Some of them have trillions of life. Yeah, that's... that's it's really not good. quite, um... What was uh, it, Star Ocean? Star Ocean, the for... Through the Last Hope? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Where the last boss took me, like, what, was an hour to yeah. fight? Oh, God. And then the end cutscene took another 45 minutes. <laughs> oh. It was Xenosaga. Ridiculous. But I mean, that those games are, are the type of perfect like balance. Whereas, like you said, Dark Souls and Demon Souls, it's or even Bloodborne, it's like you can take one or two hits. Yeah. And even then, like you're taking away such a little amount of damage that it's just that's yeah. it, it, it feels unfair. Yeah, you can kind of outmaneuver him to a point. Only but, certain creatures, because then you had like, especially in like Bloodborne, you had the werewolves that are a hell of a lot faster than you ugh. are. Bloodborne, I actually admit, I've never finished. I got to a point where I just got so fed up because there was. I remember 
it was a point where it's like you cross this bridge and there's these big ass dudes that are just wandering around but then there's someone shooting at you from like a tower with a with a gun or an arrow or something and i was i just got so fed up because not only am i trying to get around these guys but then i have this fucker shooting at, and i was like i can't take it anymore and i just kind of gave up because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You can't take him out because he's going to shoot you before you can even reach him. Yeah, and even if you level up, you're yeah. still at the disadvantage. And Yeah, okay, I, there is a certain like sense of accomplishment from overcoming those challenges, but it's it's not a... That's To be honest, I'm surprised those games sell as well as they do. I don't know, man. It's a different mindset. Just kind of like right. how in, in the Dark Souls games, I don't know if they still do it, but when you die, do you still lose your soul and yeah, you have to you reclaim will. it? Yeah. Okay, because I remember that was the big thing in Demon Souls is once you died, the game got harder. Be- mm-hmm. Sort of. It, it got harder until you reclaimed your until soul. Until you reclaimed your stuff, yeah. Yeah, basically. It, it was really, because then you were just pretty much a weaker bitch version of yourself. Yeah. yeah. It was very odd. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure, you know, those games have their place, you know, as, as most do in that genre. Um, but you're right. There does come a point where it's like, all right, can you do something different? Yeah. <laughs> Try something. Even Bungie, like, well, did it with Destiny. And that's and, and there's also like the big problem with it is like, like Sekiro, interesting concept, but it's still more of the same. Yeah, it's a faster paced version of the game. Who who did Neo? Uh, that's Koei, I believe. Was that Koei? Because um, wasn't that like Bloodborne and all that too? Yeah, it's it's just another copy of them. Yeah. So was the Surge and a couple other ones, and like, but like, okay, Sekiro introduced some new stuff and allowed faster movement and stealth kills and stuff like this. But it's still, it's still the same basic numbers game against you, which gets old. But then there was such a massive like backlash because there were people that were like, okay, I'd be interested in playing this game. But that style of difficulty and stuff isn't for me. Add an easy mode. But then all of a sudden there was this mm. huge, massive backlash of people that are like, well, if you can't play these games the way they're like at this level, then just don't play them. Go fuck yourself. It's like, at that point, you're a piece of shit if you think that, and your opinion no longer matters. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Because, I mean, that's the whole point of being able to, yes, you want to appease your fan base, but at the same time, you want to be able to draw in other people that you can maybe start them slower and then build up that skill. But yeah. if you don't offer them that, that amount, that option, and then just say, no, go fuck yourself and kick them into the deep end, mm-hmm. what are they supposed to do? They're never going to come back and buy your games. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we got for develop. What are you eating? It just Oh, it didn't even sound like a good... T- it sounded like a dog biscuit. It sounded like a digestive. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, um... So it's flavored, um... Styrofoam. <laughs> and it's got... The like, consistency of concrete. Lime. That's what it sounded like. Oh. I think those are a tea cookie. You're supposed to dip I'm in, like, tea or coffee. Mmm. So. That's a thing? Yes. Not they, common in the U.S. They make they make specific cookies that oh, yeah. like they have to be done. Haven't you ever done. heard British people talk about having tea and biscuits and stuff like that? Or like biscotti. Biscotti, biscotti. is technically something you're supposed to like dip in coffee. Yeah, so they got the, the what are they, stroops? Where you put them on top of the cup and it mm-hmm. melts them slightly and then you eat them? Stroop waffle. There yeah. we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I suppose mm-hmm. we have the versions of those sort of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, most more European things that we sort of take. <laughs> <laughs> Bastardize. Yeah. <laughs> Add like five pounds of sugar per one, so they're tolerable. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's all I got for developers and publishers and whatnot. 
Anything else you guys want to talk about? Paul? What? I don't know. I, just... I know the Switch Lite was announced not that long ago. What do you guys feel about that? It's essentially just it's it's a Switch where the Joy-Cons don't come off of it. And I don't think you can connect it to the television. It's uh, basically a the smaller battery, smaller screen. The left Joy-Con's four buttons are replaced by an actual D-pad. And I think that's basically all that was changed. But yeah, yeah it's it's a, a weaker system. Yeah, it's basically the 2DS. Kind of, Of actually. the 3DS, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's a 2DS of the Switch. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I, It's a stupid idea. See, I think it's a good idea, just because it's not like you. We we talked about this a little bit. I never take mine out of the out of the dock. I play my Switch exclusively on the television, but I like the option to play it in handheld. See, I mode. tend to play my more in handheld mode, so I can put a movie or something on. Exactly. But I don't like the 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 concept. I like being able to of, especially with games that need it. Like um, Hyrule Warriors is a good one where it plays better in docked mode than it does handheld. Mm-hmm. I mean, not by much, but it's. I mean, it's a noticeable difference in like fidelity and stuff like that. So, mm. like, I like being able to put it in, like, not having that option taken away, and then not being able to remove the Joy Cons stuff like uh, mm. smaller screen, smaller battery. Uh. I think it's because even the 2DS. I know a lot of people were like, "Why would anybody want this?" But it's like I know so many people who literally don't play 3DS and in 3D because it hurts their eyes. So yeah. it's like, why would I care about 3D if I don't even want that functionality? So like for, I would say, I would say the the Switch Lite is more geared towards families who don't really ever play it docked. You know well, what I mean? Maybe. But still want a Switch, especially with the coming of Pokemon mm-hmm. on, you know, Sword and Shield. Yeah. That's a huge thing. I mean, I can imagine that would be a big, a big draw for it. And the Switch Lite, isn't it, uh, it's cheaper too, isn't it? Yes. It's like, uh, it's $200. Yeah, I was double-checking the price of the regular Switch. See, I think it's two ninety nine. Yeah, $2.99 for the regular Switch. Which, in my opinion, I mean, the Switch didn't need to be lowered in price. I, I yeah. honestly, compared to the other ones, the two ninety nine, like, I think it's... That's not that bad. I think it's fine. Yeah. You don't need to have something that's more, like, economical and, and, and kind of dumb it down so that you can get it down to $200. Like, it... But then again, like, are Switches even still being sold? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Or, well, oh, I mean yeah. are people still buying them? I mean... I would say so. It's like everybody, everybody who wants one probably already has one at this point. With the, with how many games are coming out on the Switch? Oh, that is I mean, true. More like games, I said, yeah. Pokemon's coming yep, up. That's a system seller, baby. Yep. Uh, I don't know. With the current backlash of that, maybe not. <laughs> oh, get out of here. What's the current backlash? Oh, you've you not, hear you've that not been debate? part of the whole hubbub? No. So a What's lot a hubbub? Of, a lot of people <laughs> were butthurt. Because <laughs> you, you know the whole idea of the national decks, right? There is something called the Poke Bank where you could essentially import... Pokemon from other games into your game. Oh, okay. So it was like, it was essentially a Pokemon cloud. Oh, cool. So you could take games from Sun and Moon and it was put all, it in this, this Pokemon yeah. cloud and then download them in like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, or X and, or I don't remember. How only, that, I don't how think exactly. it ever went back it a generation. Back. It was only forward. It could only go I back, so. so yeah. So okay. it, it was something like that. Okay. Um, so obviously, when Sun and or when Sword and Shield came out, people were like, "Oh fuck, you're, there's gonna be a thousand Pokemon in this fucking game." They essentially came back and said, "No, we're not going to put every Pokemon in this game because, I mean, if you really think about it, they've never done that before to begin with. No, they never have. Because you couldn't import Pokemon from Red and Blue 
into like Ruby Sapphire. Ruby Sapphire. They were a collectible actually in the game. The, their coding was in the game, and you could get them with cheat stuff. And until they introduced later stuff, but it, but it wasn't intended at that point then. But oh. no, but they but they introduced stuff, especially in like and then in the the DS ones and stuff. They're all there. And the only way to get them was to use other, like, not there were other ways to catch them, but use, like, the Pokewalker and stuff like that to catch yeah. some of the later... Because if I'm not mistaken, you couldn't put Pokemon from red and blue into gold and silver, could you? No, but all the Pokemon no. were in there. Right, yeah. Oh, I thought you could, you just couldn't go... You couldn't trade something that wasn't in the first generation. I thought you could. I don't Maybe think you could. I don't think you could, because you would, so you would not be allowed to trade any Pokemon that was from... Gold and silver into blue and blue and red. And but red. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure you could go the other way, red and blue into gold and silver. If I'm not mistaken, only if it was like a Rattata or Rattata. No, because if you're no, because you'd have to trade something yeah, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I don't think that it would possibly it would be possible to do that. I didn't think so. Either. But up until I think there's only been the thing is the ones that were on the DS. So it would have been black and or uh, yeah, diamond and pearl, black yeah, and white. Like all those, yeah. I feel like is kind of when it started where you could trade them between each other. Uh. But at the same time, like people are acting like this is something that's happened from the get-go. That you could just have all, however many many Pokemon on the one. How would you? That's you impossible. Can't, no, you can't you do could, that. You can't do that. So people were extremely butthurt about hearing that maybe their particular favorite Pokemon wouldn't be part of the game. Okay. So they got this huge uproar of people doing this, and they essentially said, first of all, we'd have to crack, we'd have to model every single Pokemon. By the way, there will be a thousand, roughly. Yeah, that's a lot of data. That you know is I mean? a lot Not of data. Not to mention that, but then you'd have to put all the moves. You'd have to put. You'd all the, the, all the balancing, well, all, the balancing. All, all the stuff like yeah. that. The it's biggest like, issue, like impossible. the biggest like backlash that happened was a lot of people were just like, "Well, they're basically just taking the assets from Pokemon Go and then like let's go Pikachu and Eevee and reusing that stuff." And mm -hmm. you know, it's this, but there's actually been um, uh, Tim shared the article with me where they. The developers basically came out and said, well, we originally tried to just import models and stuff like that, because people are still claiming they're using 3DS models and shit like that. No, they are not. So, like, they basically said, well, we tried to import, like, all the models, and they just did not animate right the way we wanted them to. So they mm -hmm. were rebuilding all of these, um, the Pokemon and stuff from the ground up, but people are basically calling them liars and saying they're just lazy developers oh, and all this shit. God. And it's, but it's, at the same time, it's like, at some point, People knew this was going to happen. There are just far too many Pokemon, and the vast majority of them are useless. I mean, how many, like, normal-type Pokemon are you ever going to use? Honestly, I've only ever in my life used maybe three or four. Yeah, and it's just, there's, so there's this huge backlash of, like, people that are talking shit about the game, being like... Spinarak. <laughs> he wasn't normal. I know, but no, I, I but hate he him. No, he's everywhere. <laughs> I actually use Spinarak a lot. I loved Ariados. Go to hell. You're, I think you're thinking, thinking Joltik, who turned into Galvantula. The card. Because I oh, loved. Yes. I actually used Ariados a lot because he learned psychic moves. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> of Joltik. But you yeah, there was shit. There was there was really <laughs> bad backlash, and it's basically all unfounded. It's just people That's complaining sad. because, like I said, their favorite Pokemon might not be in it. But I mean, that's always been the fun of Pokemon. That's my, why, in, in my opinion, I hate when they reuse Pokemon. My favorite Pokemon is Squirtle, and guess yeah. what? Where has he been the last like freaking 
15 games. Yeah. Not there. That's why. Am I, I complaining? No. Anytime I try, anytime I play a new Pokemon game, I try I, to use new Pokemon. Exactly. I never use Pokemon from previous generations, even if I like them a lot. Like if if for some reason Gardevoir was in this new one, I still wouldn't use her mm-hmm. because I I like to use the new stuff. Yeah. So it's like that's. It, it almost irritates me when I see Pikachu literally in every single generation. Mm-hmm. Which, I suppose, really, you can't escape because no. it's, it's the face of Pokemon. He's the yeah. face of Pokemon. He has to be in there for the new generation that are playing this game. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the recognizability factor. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I, I, I hate when they kind of do that. But no, at I the same it. time, I understand you can't create a whole another 150 from scratch every yeah. single game. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be a little ridiculous. So it's like... I, you're right. I think a lot of people bitching are it's it's unfounded. Well, and then I guess another thing people have been bitching about is do you remember I guess they're not doing Mega the Mega Pokemon anymore. It's not Mega Evolution, it's Dynamaxing. The, well, but like there is no more Mega at all, period. I don't no. think they're using it in Mega. Honestly, again. that was a stupid mechanic that I, never should have been in. Dynamaxing is basically the same thing and shouldn't be in there to me, but I think Dynamaxing though is only in specific battles. Yeah. It's it's it not is. something you can just freely do at will like you could Mega Evolution. No. So Dynamaxing is this thing where apparently in the new region, um, there are like energy fields that Pokemon can tap into that grow giant. They get enormous and change form. Some of them do, oh. not all of them. I thought all of them did. Nope. But, then, but then they'll change back. Yes. Yeah, after oh. the fight they go back to being a normal Pokemon. It's pretty cool actually, it looks mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Okay. I don't know, but like, it seems like it'll only be in like gym battles and then like the raids. Because there's gonna be multiplayer raids where you can mm. you can team up with other players to fight a oh, Dynamax Pokemon with a chance to catch it. And, ah, gotcha. Yeah. Which is cool because it's Pokemon that aren't, aren't actually in the game. Like oh. it, you can't just wander around and find something. Like yeah. you have to only get it in this raid. Yeah. Which I think is actually kind of cool. That it's is an interesting cool. idea, and it's another way to bring players to play together. Together. Yeah. yeah. So I thought it was a really cool idea. I I don't know how it'll play out because, like I said, I actually did not like Mega Evolution at all. I thought it was stupid. I didn't use them. <clears throat> I didn't either. It reminded me too much of Digimon. I was well, just like, "This is this is what Digimon do. They Mega evolve, they Mega digivolve, and then all of a sudden they're back to their base form at the end of battle." And I'm like, "Yeah." Well, it was one of those things. Like, do you remember when we were playing the Pokemon cards? Mm-hmm. When we had the level X's and the EX cards, yeah. the only way to actually fight one of those was with another one. That's yeah. how. Mega Evolution felt. Mm-hmm. You could only fight a Mega Evolution Pokemon with a Mega Evolution Pokemon. Yeah. Or just try to wait it out because I think it only lasted three turns or Something whatever. Something stupid like that. But yeah. it was like. And it, then there were Z moves, which were dumb. Yeah, it was just one hit kills. Which, huh? I'm sorry, Pokemon late game, that's all it is, is one hit KOs. Like, that's literally all the game ever came down to. Unless you're playing PvP and someone uses yeah. stall type stuff, yeah. It's... Or any form of strategy, like, was out the window unless you're playing other well, people. Well, that's. I mean. So these were one hit kills, but it's like 100 percent accuracy. Well, yeah, the level Z or the Z moves were. Oh yeah. wow! You couldn't miss. See, because there was like fissure and uh, well, I mean, drill they... horn, but th- those were one hit KOs. But literally, you had only like a 25 percent chance of hitting. Yeah. No, these these I don't think were technically one hit KOs, but it but did so much so damage. Oh, gotcha. It's Pokemon. Yeah, like, it, was so it's... Much, it was so broken. Yeah. yeah. That I don't think there was any any time I never took out a Pokemon with it. I never used them. I just didn't see a point. No. Mm-hmm. But that Dynamaxing is, just, it's. I feel like a, it's a better way of doing it, where it's only at certain times in certain situations that it can happen. And like I said, Pokemon can change forms. Like, there's a Pokemon called Alcremy, I think. It's like a fucking whipped cream-looking Pokemon. Oh. It's adorable as hell. Oh, he's creamy. Yeah, but when she yeah. Dynamaxes, she turns into a whole cake. And then she's on top. It's, it's really funny looking. 
And like the what was what's the that dreadnaw or whatever the fucking weird big snapping turtle thing? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He ends up turning into like essentially like this region's version of Blastoise. He's on he's back on his hind legs and he's got this fucking badass armor and shit. Mm. It looks cool as hell. So it's like a lot of Pokemon will change form and Mm -hmm. it looks neat. It looks neat. I'm really excited. So that's so that's the hubbub with that. Yeah. Okay. And I I don't know if people were all complaining about the specific gym battles either. I don't think anyone really said anything about that. But this one will actually have game-specific gym leaders. Well, yeah, that's the interesting one. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Mm. There's only going to be certain gym leaders of certain types that are available in each game. So, oh. like, Sword will have a gym leader that's purely, that's a fighting type. and That's going to be Pope's new favorite gym leader. Oh, no, I'm Flannery all the way, baby. <laughs> and then, like, in Shield, it'll be, like, a ghost, a gross gym leader. Oh, which I think okay. is kind of interesting. It's mm. an interesting yeah, idea cool. to differentiate the games. Yeah. But uh, and actually make them different versus you're following the same path, just different Pokemon you encounter. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool. I'm I'm really cool. looking forward to it. Okay. But that's all I got. Switch light. Pokemon, right. as always. I was, just, I was actually thinking that. I'm like, is there ever a time where we don't talk about Pokemon? <laughs> no, no, there is not. It's not. Pokemon is life, motherfucker. Oh, God. I remember seeing a thing on Facebook of a guy getting a tattoo of all 151 Pokemon on his back of the original 151. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. That's funny. <laughs> Speaking of sad, this episode comes to a close, man. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. But, uh... Tell us what some of your favorite publishers and developers are, or some that you feel are overrated. Do you like pro? Let us, let us. Speaking of Area 51. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, are everything. you going to be raiding Area 51? They can't the, kill all of us! With the three million people, because they can't stop you all, right? <laughs> oh, God. We won't get into that. No, we won't. But let us know what you think. So, so were you in the in the same boat as everybody else who thought that LJN was the worst developer of all time, even though they've never developed a single game throughout their entire history? So, let us know what you think about the uh, the overrated, the underrated. Um, who should take more blame than others, or who shouldn't take blame? Let us know what you think. Who do you think is overrated? Like he just said, maybe we're wrong. Maybe I mean, to be honest, this is just our opinions. Kevin. <laughs> Some are more right than others. You can't argue that. <laughs> but anyway, who do you feel is 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 definitely way over touted? compared to it, some some games of a different genre that might be better or some games of the same style that might be better that you feel deserve the credit more than others. Uh, if you're so inclined, check us out on YouTube where we're plowing our way through the Nintendo library. Yes, please. And you can also check out our side quest episodes where we play things that aren't necessarily Nintendo. Play Super Nintendo games, Sega Genesis games, PlayStation 2 games, and galore. Galore. And so much more. Oh my god. Oh my god. So hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Go to powertripgaming.tv. Takes you directly to the YouTube channel. Check us out. And if you would like to be so kind, check us out on iTunes and on Stitcher, where we've got many, many other episodes of our podcast uh, that are ready for listening. Ready and willing. (laughs) Why do you take... Everything like he has you, to have last word. You fall. literally make it so awkward. Ready and willing, like your tender beetle for ET's finger when we, when we storm the area. Naruto, <laughs> run right now. I remember. I love seeing the memes for the Area Fifty One shit, man. They're so fucking funny. 
time I just, I just love the fact that the article I read about oh that when they're like, yeah, this is this is a real thing. Like, it started they off as a joke. It was a joke. Yes. The guy said, as long as we Naruto run, their bullets can't stop us. And I'm like, when did somebody think this was not a joke, that this is actually a real thing, like, we're gonna go there. I remember seeing They literally thing. said, Naruto, run! And you'll run faster than the bullets! I remember seeing a picture of, like, the drawn-out plans, and they have, like, the left flank is just a group of all Karens, the right group is the Naruto runners, and it's just so fucking funny. I remember... Oh. Seeing, like, once we breach Area 55 or 51, we're going to find all of the single socks that the dryer ate. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of I kind of hope oh that they do it, God. because I wouldn't mind thinning out their ranks oh a little bit. God. It's so funny. Just, uh, like, storming the Bermuda Triangle. They can't swallow all of us. Can't swallow all of us. <laughs> Not all at the same time. There's way too many people. Oh, my God. It's so funny. So that, that, That's all we got. That'll be very funny. Fucking thank you guys thank for listening to the Power Trip Gaming Powercast. Because yes, now you're listening with power. With power.